Every great magic trick consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. He shows you this object. Perhaps he asks you to inspect it to see if it is indeed real, unaltered, normal. But of course, it probably isn't. The second act is called the turn. (laughs) The magician takes the ordinary something. It makes it do something extraordinary. Now you're, you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled, but you wouldn't clap yet because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. That's why every magic trick has a third act, the hardest part, the part we call the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the number well, one well worst done. impression I have ever done. <laughs> I've been avoiding doing Michael Caine all miniseries because my, I knew I couldn't do it. My favorite thing was that it, it, it got demonstrably worse halfway through. <laughs> like it started Rocky. <laughs> and then it ended up Rocky 4, Rocky 5 even. Rocky 5. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say. It ended up Rocky 5. Yeah. Yeah. Hi everybody. Uh, my name is Griffin Newman. I'm David Sims. That I, was very That's funny. the first twist of this episode is that I am not in fact Michael Caine. No. I'm, you might be fooled. Oh, People how- were like, well, oh, they got a big pull for them. They, they got, got Kane? Kane? <laughs> My name is Griffin Newman. His name is David Sims. This is a podcast called Blank Check with Griffin and Dave. Welcome. We are interested in filmographies. Directors mm. who have massive success early on in their careers, and they're given a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy films they want. And sometimes those checks clear, and sometimes... They bounce. <laughs> why? Why is it like? It's a little Connery. I'm getting right. There's, there's cotton some... balls. Yeah, that was naughty. That was naughty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Well, I'm really excited to start talk about. It. I just looked at Scarlett Johansson's filmography. We're gonna talk about yeah. that a lot. Uh, this, of course, is a miniseries on the films of Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> uh, no, this is a miniseries on the films of, of Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Uh, or arguably the the biggest uh, filmmaker. Of the last 10 years. I think he's the biggest filmmaker to emerge in the 21st century, right? Yeah. Depending yeah. on your metric. I mean, yeah, sure. I don't know. Uh, and this main series is called uh, The Pod Night Cast. Yes, it is. And this episode is about a movie of his called The Prestige. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good job. Good Thank job. You. Good job. Uh, and no, what, that is going to kill. That's just going to kill. People are gonna Our listeners it. are going to flip out. I knew I was right to make you do that. And it, I look... You talk about sacrifice. This is a movie about sacrifice, right? Yeah, for sure. Every week when we're about to record and I'm picking out the quote, David always says, don't fucking pick a long one. Yeah, I hate it when you do something. You long, always right. know what the long one I'm thinking about right, doing right, is. Right, right, right. But this time I let and you I was, do a long I one. I was trying to do a fucking Jackman quote and you said, do Kane. You got to do Kane. I said, it's a long one. And that was the sacrifice. Jackman that was the really... wife you lost in this episode. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We have a guest. Uh, we, d- we do have a guest. She's laughed, so I'm considering that an intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like go. the guests to talk before we introduce them. Well, yeah, it's a pet know, peeve of mine. I was I laughed off mic. Yeah. how about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she's a critic and a, and a podcast uh, host in her own right mm-hmm. of uh, film spotting SVU streaming video unit. Ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, Allison Walmore is here with us. Today. Hello, hello! Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so hey, much Allison. for being here. Hi. 
How you doing? I'm okay. I, it was funny to me that you like asked me to do Christopher Nolan because I, I feel like as anyone has been as largely indifferent to Christopher Nolan, it is me. But you do kind of like this one. I do like this yeah. one. Yeah. This is definitely my favorite Christopher Nolan movie. Yes. We've I, done some of that. I mean, we had Amy Nicholson on the show and she right. gave Memento, which is kind of the, the one Nolan the one that she, she likes. likes. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Although she said she liked The Dark Knight as well, but I think she yeah. more like admired maybe than liked. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Um, but yeah, well, I just feel like also it's good to have people on who are aware of Mr. Nolan's flaws, limits mm. as a filmmaker, as a storyteller. Well, yes. I mean, uh, David, you and I are both fans of Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I mean, I'm aware of his limits, too. But yeah. Right. Same here. But I think, you know, my trepidation doing this miniseries on him is there already is such like a fervent culture of mm. just like worship around him. And then there's also this culture of just like. Fuck that guy. Sure, sure. As what happens when right, you know, and it's like, too much worship. well, we're not really aiming to do either. Yeah, but as with a lot of our miniseries, unlike a lot of our miniseries where there is some sort of sense of reevaluation that needs to be done, we feel like, mm. or or a sense of mystery of trying to figure out what happened to their their creative mojo. With mm. him, it's kind of just like he's there, and you pick your side, and either you love him or you hate him. Mm. Um. Yeah, so I think it's interesting to have people on who are not totally enamored with his uh, stuff. Um, you know, we're 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 fanboys with reservations. I sure. think you and I. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but this this is this is my favorite movie of his. Mm. It's my second favorite movie. Wait, what's your favorite? You know what it is, Allison. You know what it is. I told it. you, Interstellar. Yeah. Spoiler. No. I feel like I'm thing to get over with you. <laughs> I am. I am. One of your greatest flaws. I've got a lot of them. (laughs) A lot of flaws. (laughs) That's a big one for sure. I do feel like I'm winning people over on Interstellar, or I'm I'm not. But like the movie is is sort of uh, like I've seen some shifts in its appreciation among people. Uh, Have you? I've sensed that as well. I've sensed that as well. But I will say, I thought you were just going to say, I feel like I'm winning people over. I'm trying. As a follow up to, I have a lot of flaws. (laughs) I'm trying to win people over. I feel like slowly but surely I'm making people like me. (laughs) Prestige, 2006. Yeah, so this was the year of dueling magician films, of of magician uh, sacrifice movies. Not just movies about magicians, right? Magicians that are at war with other magicians. Yes. What a great year. Well, because the other one is The Illusionist, but there was also Scoop, which I've never seen. Have you seen Scoop? Man, Johansson was running the table. Yeah, was she? It's an interesting kind of like side career for her. And that was Jackman too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But Scoop, it's like Woody Allen's a musician, but Jackman's just like a fancy lord, right? I've never seen it. Wait, Isn't yes. Woody Allen's a magician. Yeah. ScarJo's trying to like figure out something about Hugh Jackman and then <sighs> Fuck. Woody Allen's a magician. Someone's you know? a ghost in that Scoop. movie. Isn't it also someone's a, a ghost, ghost in that movie? His movies are, uh, are weird. Yeah, she's like a reporter. She's a plucky reporter. I think Jackman's a ghost in that movie. Because I remember when <laughs> Match Point Match Point was like this big like kind of return to form for him, right? Right. There's serious movie, right. real yeah. drama. Right. And people were really into Johansson's no, uh, performance. I'm sorry. Uh, Ian McShane is a ghost in that movie oh. who is guiding uh, Scarlett Johansson to figure out if Hugh Jackman murdered him because he thinks he did. Oh, okay. That's less exciting than and Hugh Jackman how, being a ghost. Yeah, then how does the magician thing figure? He's out? just he's Woody Allen's just in it, just yeah. being an asshole. I just <laughs> playing the great Splendini. I I don't look. I don't know. I don't. I can't explain Woody Allen's later movies to you. Is like you know well, it's weird. What I remember. Have you seen Irrational Man? Yes. That movie's fucking crazy. No, it's awful. And when I yeah. watched that movie, I was like, why did no one tell me about this? Like, what happens in this movie? That movie's interesting. <laughs> it's definitely it interesting. interesting. That's an interesting yeah. movie. But I, I, 
It's it's like it's a not huge, good, like it insane is very, shrug of a movie. How about that? It's a weird shrug <laughs> of a movie about like the thrill of being guilty. But it has that <laughs> yeah. same like kind of jazzy track playing over and over and over again. And the like total shrug narration where uh-huh. it's like, you know, in the end I pushed him down an elevator and it was an interesting summer for me. Like, yeah. you know, credits. Like that's that's yeah, spoiler alert for the also, end of Rush. It's man. like uh Joaquin Phoenix's character, everyone just is like, he's so brilliant. He's oh, so amazing. So and he brilliant. does like nothing to actually demonstrate this. He teaches he like just, a philosophy one oh one course. No. I mean yeah, it's a weird movie. Uh, the thing I was gonna say that I remember vividly is like hot off a match point. Everyone's like, "Oh, ScarJo's back in a Woody sure, Allen movie. Sure, His right. new muse. What's the new project?" And they were like, "It's a ghost story." And it's people a, were like, "Ooh, ScarJo," because Match Point was so like you know kind of like straight faced, mm. such a different turn from "Ooh, it's ScarJo in a ghost story." And then the trailer came and they were like. What the fuck? Yeah, is and it's this? like Woody Allen's like doing fifty-two card pickup or whatever. Yeah. That yeah. was this year, that but was, also this yeah. year was the Illusionist. Yeah, Allison, where were you in two thousand six? Did you see the Prestige in theaters? Uh, I saw the Prestige in theaters. I think I also saw the Illusionist in theaters. I, I saw both of the theaters. Yeah. But yeah, and I like them both. Yeah. I in general, I like magic. Yeah, magic's I, good. Do you I like vintage magic? Stuff. Like, well, I like all magic. I think sure. in general, I okay. want like uh, you know, there's that upcoming. I think it's a CBS show or something about a magician who gets recruited by the FBI to help them solve crimes. And I, honestly, like I have never been more excited about a TV show in my life. How am I not the lead on I'm, this show? I've never heard of the show. No, I'm very how am I excited. not the assistant to the guy on like, the show? <laughs> Let's be realistic. All right, let me look this show up. I think it's called Deception. Oh my god! Uh, oh, it like looks amazing. I'm gonna watch that so much. <laughs> I've like, like never wanted. It's like my perfect TV show. I uh, I really want to be a magician when I was a child. I no. was like very very obsessed with magic until maybe at the age of like seven or eight. It's NBC. Just to NBC. Be clear. It's on NBC. Who plays the magician? I'll have that information just for you guy. in just one minute. It's um G- Jack Cutmore Scott. Jack Cutmore Scott. <laughs> so good. He was in Cooper Barrett's Guide to Surviving Life. Cooper Barrett's <laughs> Guide to Surviving Life. He played Cooper Barrett himself. I've never heard. What was that? That was a TV show. That was a show. Fox okay, show. Okay, okay. I auditioned for that. Uh, congrats. Yeah, it's, uh, you got, uh, Vinnie Jones is in it. Oh, okay. Uh, he plays the, what's the word? Ingenieur? He yeah, plays the ingenieur. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we should actually. Introduce ingenieur gonna... Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hello. Yeah. A.K. producer Ben, A.K. producer Ben, A.K. Mm-hmm. the Ben Deucer, A.K. the poet laureate, A.K. Mm-hmm. our finest film critic, A.K. the Haas, A.K. Mr. Positive, A.K. Mr. Positive, A.K. the tiebreaker, A.K. birthday Benny, uh, A.K. dirt bike Benny, A.K. soaking wet Benny, A.K. the meat lover, A.K. the fart detective. Right. Uh, he is not Professor Crispy. No. He is the fuck master. Sure. <laughs> I'm your trick man. <laughs> <laughs> He's graduated to certain tolls over the course of different miniseries, such as Kylo Ben, producer Ben Kenobi. Ben Night Shyamalan, Ben Say, Say Ben Anything, Ailey Ben's with a dollar sign, and Warhaz. I heard, I heard a good Nolan suggestion. Now I forgot it. Fuck. Have you heard some? I've heard a few. Uh, There's some obvious ones, but like Ben Seption. Look, Ingenieur Ben is the one I want to introduce for this episode. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. There's one I want to save for when we get to that movie because I think it's really good. But the other ones that have sort of been thrown out are Hazal Ghoul. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not into that. <laughs> Mabento. <Yeah. laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Oh boy! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Insomnia. <laughs> In Hosmia, I also heard. Oh yeah. Well, no, I. I'm, and thank you for introducing Harvey me. Bent. Oh, of course. No, it's just uh, Harvey Bent. There's a. There's like some other guy in the lobby. 
Uh, is he just gonna? He's just gonna hang. He's my associate. He, don't oh. worry. I mean, he's getting. <laughs> oh, I get it. I pay him out of my cut. It's fine. Okay, fine. That's fine. <laughs> All right. So we're we're sharing food. It's fine. The okay. prestige. I was in college. I don't know, Allison, where I you were. I was out of college. I was just out of college. I was. Yes. I think it was my last year of college. I was in high school because I'm a baby. Yeah, you're a kid. Uh, and I remember little, little seeing kid. this, and I saw the twist coming. The twist. Well, that's quote unquote. Yes, that's the whole. And trick I walked of out, and I was like, oh, I don't know. I felt. I feel like that. Didn't make any sense. Like, are like which twist? The, 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 the twin twist? Yeah, the twin spoilers. Yeah, come on. No, it's over a decade. Spoilers. This movie's a sequel to Twins. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, the twin twist. Okay. And I guess look, I was I was a young fool. I walked out and I was like, wait, that was the point. I got that. I don't get it. I like the movie. Like, I was like, it was fine. I don't know. It looked okay. I like the Illusionist too. Uh, and then I I feel like I figured it out. Like a couple years later. See, I had the exact opposite experience. I saw it. Uh, I was in high school. I was mm-hmm. in the school play. And, what was the school play? Uh, it was Anything Goes. It was a production of Anything Ooh, Goes. Who'd you play? I've only been in one musical in my life, but I've been in Anything Goes twice. <laughs> okay. So in middle school, I was Moonface Martin. Best role. Kind of a big deal in middle school. Like I was at a smaller school and I was kind of like running the table of the theater sure, department. Sure, sure. High school, I, I little, you know, bloom was off the rose a little bit. <laughs> So I played Elijah J. Whitney. Uh-huh. That's yeah, that's fine. Moonface Martin's the best role. In, Definitely. In I really wanted to play uh, Lord Evil in Oakley. Uh-huh. And this yeah. has been Griffin's Musical Corner. Uh-huh. I can't sing. I can do any song from Anything Goes, though. Just I know that uh, I, I, I know that musical. It's a great musical. Um, can we hear one? Yeah. <laughs> Anything Goes. Great. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I was there on the sailboat. <laughs> Whatever it is. Cruise ship. <laughs> Ocean it's liner. It's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while. Uh, it's been a while. Um, the, the, uh, I, I like got out of school early on Friday. Yeah. I had rehearsal for the play at four o'clock. Okay. So it's one of those things where it's like, I had to stay in Brooklyn. I asked him a simple question <laughs> and I don't know why I'm always surprised. It was the thing where I had a couple hours to kill. <laughs> I, I didn't have time this. to go back home. Uh-uh. So I went to the court street theater close by. Sure. And I saw prestige by myself yeah. and I felt like it had gotten middling reviews. Yeah, I, no, I feel like it got. A fairly people, underwhelming like shrug. I, well, people like The Illusionist more, right? The I feel like at the time people were like, that one is the good. And it had come out earlier. And yeah. It, it, it had more, stole the thunder. And yeah. it had more of like a defined, like, sort of vintage look. Like, it's very brown and Patina? Maybe patina is the word oh, you're yeah, looking yeah, for? Yeah. Like a patina? You know, right, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> All right, carry on. Oh, I, I, patina. And it had Giamatti and everyone was just... We were high on GMI. And had Aaron Johnson playing a young Edward Norton. We were not high on Aaron Johnson. No, no never, never shall we be. Yeah. Um, it, well, it was also like, there was a weird arc where like, uh, Batman Begins was very well liked. Sure. Right. He announces, I'm doing a magician like, movie. Like right away. Right. Like it was like, right as Batman right. Begins had come out. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm doing a magician movie with, with Wolverine and Batman. And everyone right. was like, cool. Yeah. And there was this cool poster. Remember that poster with the... Uh, here, yeah. I'm going to find it. Yeah, it's like the spirals. Yeah, with of. the yeah. spirals. And they also did those posters, like individual character posters with those dots, where if you look it up close, the dots all look the same, but if you move away... Oh. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh. Not like a magic eye, but sure. it's like it's it's I mean, equally sized one, dots, and they're slightly different shades of black. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great poster. That's a great poster. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. Uh, here they are. Here are the dots. Dot posters. Like, oh, weird. Oh. Weird. Uh, but if you oh. look at it up close, the dots. Like, yeah. yeah, Google it, listeners. Oh. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about. Because it poster. says, are you watching closely? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get um, it. That's what the, he says over and over again. There was this weird thing, almost like the rivalry between the magicians in this movie, between the illusionists and prestige, where sure. like prestige is announced. 
ooh, Nolan's <laughs> follow-up before he makes his Batman sequel. This sounds cool. Then uh, The Illusionist premieres at Sundance. And it was like a weird thing at the time where it was it was when Bob Yari was making movies and suddenly mm-hmm. he had these deep pockets that he was like bankrolling things. Right. And that movie had like an $18 million budget. I remember yeah. people being like, what's this fucking $18 million movie doing at Sundance? Because at that time, that was like right. not a thing. Now you have like fucking $20 million at Sundance all the time. Um, and then like no one was really excited about it. It didn't do that well at Sundance. And then it came out like the end of August. No, it came out earlier than that, I think. Here, I can look it up. I think it came out in the summer. I can't make, okay, I'm looking it up. Okay. Give me okay. a second. Okay. Oh, Jesus. But it did surprise me. No, well. you're right. End of August. August 18th. Boom, boom, baby. <laughs> and it was based on, let's not forget, uh, a hot short story. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, written by Jonathan Nolan. <laughs> and it was made by Neil Berger, who has just endured as a great artist. Uh, Divergent? <laughs> uh, insurgent. Oh. I think he only did one. He did the first one. Whatever the first one is. You're right. He was just a producer on Insurgent. I take it back. Um, but it like opened like in 50 screens and then just kept on platforming ended up doing really well so then by the time Prestige had come out it was sort of like oh this is the sloppy seconds movie even though Illusionist didn't have the same sort of hype leading up to it I sure. think we're like I saw my one magician movie like, for the year it was seen as like a surprise hit yeah it was yeah. like a sleeper hit it, exactly. it actually though, like built an audience yeah. right. even though it made less money guys. than the Prestige like it was just like everyone was like huh look at that like they ended up movie that pretty could. similar totals right now 39 to 53 oh Not really that similar yeah, okay yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, Prestige doing less. Uh, you're wrong. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I don't know what to tell uh, you. Yeah, just I'm... guys, do you know what Neil Berger's next movie is? I just found I out. No and I'm really horrified. What I know what it, it is. Give me a second. I'm going to fucking tell you. Uh, it's an adaptation of something, right? It is, of a French movie. Oh, oh, oh. It's Untouchables. Yeah. Oh, remember no. that French movie? Okay. Yeah. Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston. Yeah. No. Oh. Do you hear that? Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston <laughs> does not sound good to me. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, I'm going to have to see that movie. All right. Uh, the Illusionist comes out. Right. So you see, I get out of school. I have like three hours to kill. I go to see it. I'm like, I guess it's going to be a bomb. We went to a different store. (laughs) Don't act like I'm still telling (laughs) you. I thought it'd be funny if I said it. (laughs) It was funny. Five comedy points. Thanks. Uh, I had some time to kill. I was like, eh, this is going to be middling. I'll go see this middling movie by a director I really like. And I, I was like in the theater by myself and I was like, this movie's great. Because like an hour in, I was like, I'm the twin twist. I'm ahead of this movie. I'm sure, smarter sure, than sure. And then I realized the fucking prestige he's doing. I was like, uh, misdirect. Right. And I walked out and I went to Anything Goes rehearsal. And I was like, you don't understand. It's the best movie ever. Like I was hyped up. <laughs> it's the greatest film I've ever seen. Uh-huh. I was hyped up to everyone and no one else saw it. I was just like obsessed <laughs> with this movie all fall. And I just would yell about it to everyone and no one saw it. Right. It was maybe my favorite movie that year. Sure. It's one of my favorite movies of yeah. the year for sure. Um, 2006 yeah. 2006 the year of uh, I don't know yeah that's that's it's the crash best now. picture year right Ugh, is it broke back no it's no that's it's 2005 the, it's the departed year right oh so funny that one best picture yeah yeah that's weird isn't that weird it's really weird it that was really also weird. a year where they were like anything could win like yeah. it was yeah. like the five nominees all kind of were perceived as having an equal shot of winning um. Yeah, I'm trying. It's like to Little Miss Sunshine won the PGA, and like you look oh, at the top. I forgot f- about that movie doing so well. Miss Sunshine, and then You're something, right. and then Scorsese won the DGA, but everyone thought he was going to win Best Director, and something else would win Best Picture. Uh, let me find out what the other front runners were. You've got uh, Dream Girls, but that that had flopped. You know, that had not right, even. That got, was the thing. You it got not done. What at it was the end of the year, everyone thought it was going to win, and then it didn't even get nominated. I think some people thought Babel was going to win because yeah. it had uh, or Babel. I don't know how. 
I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people Abel, also no. thought the queen could win. Queen's good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like you look at the top five that year, it's Dead Man's Chest, Da Vinci Code, Happy Feet, Ice Age, The Meltdown. Ooh. Like it's a rough yeah. top of the box office. Night at the Museum, Casino Royale, which okay. is a good movie. Right. Cars, X Men 3. Like, is Happy Feet oh, not yeah. in there? That's a, Happy Feet's that's number a rough 10. Year oh, really? A, yeah. yeah. Wow. wow. A rough Damn. year for big movies. Yeah. And you know, people complain. Like they complain right. about right now, but like, look at this. Right. Like, take a gander. <laughs> that was a that was a bad year. Yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, 2006. So yeah, Prestige. It comes out in um, October. Ah, I knocked my headphones off. And uh, yeah, kind of vanishes without a trace. Was kind of shrugged off. Yeah, I feel like the critics were like, "We get it. it's the Nolan thing." Like sure. they didn't give it any specific. Messes props. with time has a twist. Christian Bale's doing a voice. And I feel like a lot of people had that sort of dismissal of like, "Yeah, I got it." Yeah. I get it. Whatever. You know? And, and now, I mean, Allison, would you agree with me? I feel like this is like the film critic pick for Christopher Nolan. Oh, I don't know if it is No, or maybe not. not. I, I don't know. I, don't I certainly think there know is it has a consensus. I feel yeah. like maybe there's like a little, like a group of like online critics who are like, yes. yes well, yes. Yes. But I feel like film it's still, Twitter pick. it's still, yeah. right. The film Twitter's favorite. Yes. But it's also still, I think, kind of a contrarian pick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, where everyone's definitely. like, oh, you know what's good it's is the, real. the one movie he made that wasn't a huge hit. Don't at me. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, it is, I mean, save for Memento and Following, which obviously barely got a release. Sure. This is his lowest grossing movie. I mean, Insomnia uh, yeah. did more than Insomnia, this. Insomnia, I think, did better than this. And obviously all the other ones are like... Huge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but it was made for a pretty good $40 million, considering how nice it looks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's pretty nice. Co-production between Warner Brothers and Disney. Yeah. I forgot that, that this is his only uh, non, like, you know, it's like Disney was the main... I think Under. Disney had the rights to the book, maybe. Mm, maybe. Because um, he does that again with Interstellar, where Paramount owned that screenplay. Right. And he is such a Warner Brothers boy that yeah, every that time he a makes Paramount a movie. movie. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And and one, in okay, that case, Paramount had it domestically. Warner Brothers had it overseas. This with Prestige, Disney had it domestically. Warner Brothers had it overseas. The point is <laughs> that every time another studio has material he wants, he goes like, yeah, but you got to bring my boy Warner Brothers over with you. You know, you got to uh, bring my boy, the bros, my boys. You got to bring the bros. This, yeah. He brings the bros. Jack and. Uh, and people say one thing about Christopher Nolan. He brings the bros. Uh-huh. You enjoying this so far, Allison? How are we doing? <laughs> the Warner Bros. Jack and uh, Harry, Albert, and Sam. The Warner Bros? Those were the Warner Bros. He brings all four of them? There were four of them? Yeah, there were four. I always thought there were two. People had a lot of kids back then. I know. Uh, you know, so yeah, here's the prestige. So let's talk about it. Okay. Um, do we need to do any other setup? I mean, he. I feel like he was. We already knew Batman Two was coming. Yeah, right. and yeah, so no, it was this just is right so in much the middle of the yeah his his he, superhero. Yeah, stand. and he makes yeah. this quickly because this comes out a year after Batman Begins. So it was kind yeah. of like he's going to do a palate cleanser. He's making himself one of those filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. one for me. One, one yeah, for one for you. that's what one it felt me, like. And then his one for me started like those started being big as well. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Even this forty million dollars is a pretty big one for me. Sure, these yeah, days. sure. Yeah. But the bigger thing is that his ones for me started being as successful financially right, right. as his like ones for them. This is the last time there has to be that kind of distinction, I think, between like, oh, I'm going back and forth between like blockbusters and personal projects. All right. Now actually let me give you the uh genesis of this. Okay. Sam Mendes wanted to make this movie b- back when the book came out. Okay. In like two thousand. Okay. Uh, but then uh, he did wasn't interested anymore. But his producer brought it over to Nolan, and Nolan got was got into this book when he was promoting Memento. So he'd had it like for oh, wow. a while, 
and he took it to Jonathan, his brother, and he was like, we should do this. And so they start writing this script. So they had this script ready before he makes Batman. Begins. Before he gets on the WB train, before he starts rolling with the bros. Right. So once uh, he's doing this, he already starts spooling up in the prestige while he's making Batman Begins. That's why it happens so fast, I guess. Gotcha. Like, you know, they had, a sh- they had a draft. Yeah. And, like, he starts on, like, you know, Nathan Crowley starts building sets or, you know, at least, like, pre-biz. I don't and he know. had two of his big actors now. He's like, I like Bale. I like Kane. Well... According to look, you know, I it's all IMDb and Wikipedia and bullshit. But like, Bale asked to be in the movie. He didn't cool. even like think about it. Interesting. But Bale saw the screenplay and was like, "I think I could be this guy." And I think the same goes for Jackman. Like it was like Nolan didn't think of these people. They came to him. Interesting. I don't know. Yeah. Both these guys are really, really well cast in this movie. Yeah, they it's are. like it's it's a really good Hugh Jackman role. It's, yeah, it's, it's is like, it the best Hugh Jackman? Well, I mean, the, well, I mean, he is the Wolverine. Yeah, but I think outside of that, I like, think this is his best individual best. performance. It is yeah, such a perfect yeah. use of him, down yeah. to the uh, drunk double. You yes, know? I mean, oh, like so good. Yes, and, and another thing, I feel like this is the best American accent he's ever done. I feel like sometimes it's a good accent. I mean, he he goes a little too overboard. There's that thing that happens with like British or Australian actors where they like over enunciate yeah. mm-hmm. in order to they sound more American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this it works because he's kind of theatrical. He's, and he's got that like mid Atlantic. Yeah. They also just you know they do that thing where their voice is kind of more resonant. You yeah. know, like that's an American accent. David's doing a great showman face I'm a and showman. making showman hands. <laughs> yes. and Leopold. He's, he's British. In that, right? I can't remember. Is um, he British in Caitlin Leopold? That's another. Yeah, he's a lord. Yeah, isn't he? right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, because like Jackman was still struggling. Like apart from X Men, you know, he'd made his big plays have been like Swordfish and Van Helsing. Those right. were those were his yeah. only two right like non X Men blockbusters. And then Kate Leopold was like him trying to branch out and someone well, like early. you. He's doing yeah. rom coms. Yes, but that was after the first X Men. Yes, I mean, yeah, none of the other stuff was really clicking. Mm-mm. That's and, a good point. And yeah, this year, whew, this was like Jackman year. Because yes. he's two voices in both Happy Feet and Flushed Away. Never forget. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, and he's in The Prestige, The Fountain, Scoop, and X-Men 3. Jeez. Wow. That Please. is a lot of Jackman. That's a so, lot of Jackman. I love, I love The Fountain. Can I just say? I love The Fountain. <laughs> it's a Aww. great movie. We'll do Aaron We got to do him. I mean, yeah. The Fountain is, talk about a blank check. Yeah. Yes. I've only seen The Fountain once, and my story of seeing The Fountain in theaters is the worst movie-going experience I've ever had. So I can't really judge whether or not I like The Fountain. I remember my friend in college coming to me. I didn't like The Fountain, and I was like, and we were talking about it, and I referenced the fact that the like parts there are parts set in the future. Yeah. And he was like, I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> he was like, he, you mean the part where he's in the bubble? And I'm like, yeah, well, what yeah, did sure. He think was, I told you he was like, I thought he was in a bath. I, I didn't yeah. know what was happening. He Amazing. Was in the bath. <laughs> I'm gonna tell my Fountain story really quickly. I saw it at the Angelica. First, they started playing the wrong movie, right? <laughs> and so after five minutes... The Angelica is the worst theater in America. Right. Just PS. They turned it off. Then the screen was delayed while they got the right reel into the theater. <laughs> they started it up about 45 minutes in. The projector burned through the film. Wow. Like in wow. Gremlins 2. Yeah, like yeah. It was sure, like, sure. Is this classic. part of the design of the movie? <laughs> hey, man, the fountain too hot. Yeah. Lights go back up. Uh-huh. Like in theater radio starts playing. We all sit there for like 10, 15 minutes. Then the movie starts up again. But with that movie, the way they're jumping around in time, we were like, we don't know if we missed a piece of it or if this is right after the burn. And then the burn happened again 20 minutes later. Wow. Get rid of that camera. Yeah. I just savaged this print. And, and, <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I, I think it was opening day. <laughs> God, what a disaster. I, think I saw it on Friday. Uh, but they wouldn't refund us. 
Oh, that's, that's a nice touch. Yeah. yeah. The so I have no idea whether or not I like the fountain. I like the fountain a lot. A lot of people do not like the no. fountain. Yeah. That is a movie. I, that's that's my kind of Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. yeah. No, I like I, like it that. goes very big. Mm-hmm. What is it? Mankind's Reach? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It exceeds his grasp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Um, um, but the thing with Jackman was, I mean, like Wolverine. Okay. Now he's got a franchise. He's got this great iconic character. Handsome, comes out of nowhere. He's won a Tony. Right. But he's know? also a little. He he doesn't fit into leading man perfectly. He's a little hammy. He's mm-hmm. a little. You he's know. He's a little hammy. theatrical. Yeah. He he doesn't. He's a showman. He's a showman. He's it's weird. He that, walks like, around with his hands like this uh, all the time. Wolverine's the only character where he's figured out how to hold the ham. And other than Wolverine, he needs performances that let him bathe in the river. Yep. In the, the river, river of, of ham. ham. Yes. You know? Like fucking Les Mis. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Like Wolverine, he's, he's like pretty stripped down. Ham. Yes. And then otherwise, yeah. in any other role, if they don't want him to be hammy, it's a problem. Right. Because he, he just drifts that way naturally. But he's great at it. Yeah. Well, yeah. so what I remember is, you know, X-Men, okay, he's got so that you're on saying, You guys are saying you're very excited for The Greatest Showman. Yes. <laughs> After that trailer, who could not be like, boy, the oh, finest boy. film ever made? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got he's got X-Men on lockdown. Van Helsing was like primed to be this big fucking franchise. Huge, they were like, it's going to be a huge, huge thing. Ugh, that movie. Do you know that Van Helsing, they had invested so much money in it that they paid rent to keep the full town of Transylvania set constructed on sound stages. Because they were going to do an NBC primetime series called Transylvania mm. that was the citizens of the town without wow. Van Helsing. This is like the pre-cinematic universe, cinematic universe this was the ideas, start of it. right? Yeah, right. where they were like, yeah. will this work? And they don't. They just don't know how to do it yet. They were going to do Transylvania, the TV show. They were going to have seasons in between Van Helsing movies to keep the audiences like yeah. interest stoked. And like, anyway. like three months after Van Helsing came out, they were like, yeah, we just wasted a bunch of money <laughs> on rent. <laughs> Um, but, anyway. but, but then the other thing was he was heavily rumored for James Bond. There sure, were a lot of rumors sure. that he was going to get yeah. James Bond before Daniel Craig. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, well, they made the right choice. And Casino Royale comes out the same year as this. So this is the year when he's like, okay, I'm not getting Bond. No. Van Helsing's dead in the water. Mm-hmm. I got my one franchise. Let me find what else I can do as a leading man, which is why he did 17 movies. He did a lot of movies. Yeah. And, you know, he does Australia after this. Yeah. He's working Australia. with some big directors. Yeah, and then he man. hosts the Oscars. He hosts the Oscars. Does yep. a good job. Yeah. I, I, he'd all, he also hosted the Tonys. A couple times. Uh, which he also does a good job. He's a good host. He's a good host. He's charming. Yeah. He's a charming dude. Have you ever been over to his place for dinner? No, I've never been over Great to his host. place for dinner. Great. <laughs> 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 oh, so charming. God. I saw him mostly. I saw him in Oklahoma. <laughs> mostly ham. A lot of ham, a lot of baked hams. Yeah. He, he puts the ham down and then showman yeah. hands. Yeah. Ham. <laughs> He's great in Someone Like You, which is an awful movie. Uh, Ashley Judd, I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. I watched it on the plane like twice uh, when it was on in the, the plane. same plane, on right? planes. Yes. Yeah, you're like, uh, I you, got, it ended and you're like, that was so good. No, uh, we got diverted from Boston to Montreal because of a storm. And then we just sat on the taxi and Mont- and they were like, we can't let you off because we're in another country. Uh, so they were like, but hey, the movies, Back. please. So I watched like two movies and then I was like, fuck, I guess I got to watch someone like you again. I'm out of movies. Like this was not uh, back when they had like 50, you know, yeah, now they have yeah, 50 yeah. movies. Uh, great story from me. Um, yeah, four story points. <laughs> oh, story points. <laughs> Very hot today, guys. Uh, we're recording on the weekend. There's no air conditioning. Uh, yeah, hey, correct. Hey, can you not be a temperature queen for mm. one oh. minute, David? Mm. Wow. Wow. But then you look at his filmography after that. Then it's like X-Men, Wolverine, and 09. Right. No movies until 
2011 Real Steel. Really? Yeah. He so, disappears from our screens for two years? I mean, he was in X-Men First Class for a second. Oh, yeah. He, he says, says, go fuck yourself. What was he doing yourself. then? I don't know. Like, what was he up to? He must have done some some shows. He must have treaded yeah, the boards. Yeah, he must, he must have, right? actually. Treading he didn't have, boards? like, some hobby. He must have like, been treading like the like boards. Like Eric Bana and the race cars or anything. He doesn't he, have some side thing that he right. does. Is that what Eric Bana does? Yeah, I, he, I he wonder made a what whole he's movie. doing. He made a whole movie about his, his oh, race car. Right. That never, no one Stuff. ever watched, right? No. Yeah, he was in A Steady Rain with Daniel Craig. Right. On the, on the Broadway stage. How was it? It was okay. Yeah. They had some good mustaches in that, right? I remember that. Yeah, I didn't see. That was, like, the one where. Yeah, and then that was the one where one time someone's cell phone went off and then they both just yelled at the person. That there was like great. A, there was like yeah. a YouTube video of them just like in character the yelling fuck at the is person. With you? Right over there, Chicago cops yeah. or whatever. Yeah. They say it in character for yeah, yelling. So. That's, That's great. great. That's good. So the prestige. You want to get us started on the prestige? Yeah. Well, the other guy I want to talk about. Let's talk about the two other career arcs in this movie. Okay. Scarlett Johansson's in a really weird place. You want to talk point. about it right now? Yeah. yeah. I think we should. Yeah. No. No. Right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, because you know, here's Scarjo. I'm going to give you Scarjo. Right. I mean, obviously, she's kid. Kid work, know, but Ghost World North, is like what we'll puts her on the map. Whisper. She's right. in Ghost World. She's great in that. And then she follows that up with fucking Lost in Chance. No, uh, excuse me. She follows up with Eight Legged Freaks. Oh, okay. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm excused. I saw it in theaters. I'm excused. Uh, Lost in Translation and, and uh, Gwape. Gwape, I call it. Go with the pearl. <laughs> oh. Just to save some time. And so everyone's like. so often. Right, exactly. Gwape. Uh, you know, you know Gwape. <laughs> Uh, and then she's she's got a Hugh Jackman esque 2006 in 2004. Right, the, the perfect, perfect score, score, a love song for Bobby Long. Oh no! Oh, bad. A yeah. good woman. I don't even remember what that is. I think it was with Helen Hunt. Uh, yeah, it's like a period play. Yeah, that movie, whatever. Yeah. And uh, in good company, aka oh, yeah. Synergy. Right. I remember that. That's yeah. a weird movie that doesn't I exist I kind of anymore. like it. It's yeah. charming. I, yeah. It's a cute little it movie. It's a good soundtrack. Is yeah. it a Whites? Did one of the Whiteses make it's a that white. one? Yes. It's a yes. Paul Whites. There you yeah. go. Yes. And then uh, she's also a voice in SpongeBob SquarePants. She's very good in that. Uh, she is. I agree, yeah. actually. Uh, and then in 05, she's got Match Point, which mm-hmm. everyone is hyping is like a good movie, which it's not. It's a terrible movie. <laughs> uh, and The Island, which is also bad. Yeah. And yeah. a flop. Is it a flop? Yeah. Oh, a huge was, flop. That wow. was because that was Bay's when, only flop. Right. Where oh. Bay left the, uh, you know, the Bruckheimer coop and he made uh, this movie. It's a Disney movie. Am I correct? It's DreamWorks because Spielberg's the DreamWorks, one who brought him right. over. Spielberg yeah. was like, come to me, boy. <laughs> uh, come to me, boy. That's come to me, Spielberg boy. And then so in 06. So like at this point, I feel like the island bombing, people are like, oh, she's not a star. Maybe. Right. Well, it's like, right. A, she's definitely not like a movie star. And B, she hasn't picked a good project really since Lost in Translation. And the only maybe thing we bet on the wrong horse. But people did kind of think Match Point horse was good. Birch. At that time, and I, I feel like she, had, like, she was close. She like bones him in a hayfield or whatever. She was close to getting like an Oscar nom. She got like Golden Globe Ooh. nom. Ooh. But people were into that performance. At yeah, the time. yeah, they were. Yeah. And she got a Golden Globe nom for a love song for Bobby Long. Don't well, forget. let's not talk yeah, about like, that. I would rather forget Someone that. just bought that. You know, yeah, they just like aware. a suitcase of cash yeah, and then. Yeah. It's just crazy. A love song for well, that was the Bobby one Long. Year, that was the one year where they added a new category that was best performance by a leading actress in a love song for Bobby Long. <laughs> best uh, Bobby Long love song. And she didn't win. That's the weird thing. I know. Yeah. And then so this year she has Scoop uh, and then she has the Black Dahlia. Yeah. <laughs> which is also a huge bomb. Yeah. Not a terrible movie, a flawed movie. Mm-hmm. And then The Prestige. Uh, and she doesn't really get a hit. The next year is The Nanny Diaries. 
Yeah. yeah. And then 08, it's other Berlin girl in the spirit. And you're like, uh-oh. But then she's in Vicky Cristina Barcelona, which is a, a sizable, like, sort of well-received That's movie. my favorite Woody of that decade. Sure. And then he's just not that into you. It's rough. It's rough. And then Iron yeah. Man 2. Like, it really was. And then we bought a zoo. Yeah. It really was the Avengers that turned her around. Because she's and not then great she's suddenly in Iron in Man her... 2. I mean, that character is no. poorly written, but it's like in Avengers, she's suddenly that character's figured out. Right. 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 Yeah. But it was Avengers turned it around. Yeah. Well, there was just like a long period where I think no one knew what to do with her. Yeah. She ended up, I mean, in this movie, she's in this kind of like weird third tier role yes. where she's. But she's like third build and they promoted her a lot. Yeah. Because she but was like the it girl, but it's not a very good character. No. And it like there are three female characters in this. Yeah. Like one dies right away. Right. Yes. <laughs> one, poor Piper. <laughs> one dies eventually. Yes. And then, poor Becca. Yes. And I think that's the best of the three yes. roles. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. like they're all, I mean, they're all roles that have, like they're literally just built around what happens to these two main characters. Yes. I mean, that's yes. the point of them, right? Yes. Is that yes. like they're for just sure. buffeted around yeah. by these guys who can't turn away from each other. Right. So they're not, none of them are that rich as roles. No, no and it's almost distracting to have Scarlett Johansson in one of those right. roles because the roles are kind of insubstantial. But she's su- Sort of like, you know, this ingenue who's supposed to be like, oh, tempting both men or whatever. Yeah. But the movie is not interested in that. Like, Nolan is not clearly not very interested Well, I'd in also that. argue. But my, there's like a yeah. way you could sell. I don't know. My whole take on Scarlett Johansson was that, like, you know, she was really good in Ghost World and Lost in Translation playing these weird kind of outsider girls who right. were. Disaffected. Right. But yeah. were very beautiful. But the movies didn't really sexualize her. Right, She's right. so. I just rewatched Ghost World. She is. She's amazing. Really terrific in that. She's movie. really phenomenal in that. Mm. But then everyone was like, oh, but she's beautiful. Right. Like right. she's. Well, not just that, though. She's like sensual. That's yes. her thing. Right. 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 Is right. that she's like this sex bomb. Right. Like, she's, she's got a body. Yeah. She's sort right. of like Marilyn Monroe. Exactly. Or she's got a husky yeah, yeah, yeah. voice. So then yeah. they tried to ingenue her and she never wears that well. No, she never, never does. Never. No. Anytime she's asked to be right. sexual in a movie, she's not comfortable. Yeah. It, unless tell. it's like unless it's like uh under the skin or something that like oh, yes, sure. you know, turns it around. Right, yeah. right, 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 right. Yes. right. But that's the whole point is it's like right. an alien version of that. Yeah, um, she likes playing weird uh like uh Bronx broads. Yes. Like Don John or like right. Hail Caesar. Right. Like yeah. she gets she's a really kick out of that. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, but but I think like that was the kind of the thing that did her in for a long time there was I think she maybe she was very young. I mean, because she was like, what, 20, 21 in Lost well, right, in Translation? She's, she's only 32 now. Yeah. She's uh, two years older than me. Yeah. So she was like 21 in this. She was like 19 in Lost in Translation. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. And she's like actually 17 in Ghost World. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think she just got caught up in this whirlwind and everyone's like, this is what you are. And she right, was like, right, okay. Right. Yeah. And for nine years, everyone kept on misusing her. Yeah. This is unfortunate. Yeah. ScarJo. Well, she's I, had a rough year. Yeah. I remember like, this year. Yeah. Yeah. She'll I rebound, mean, though. I mean, the, well, next anything, year she's, she's got herself. the Wes Anderson movie and Avengers uh, 3. Right. Uh, so. I just remember like walking out of this movie and being like, I think she's done. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that thing's over. Sure. But she was young. That's the thing. She, she was still young, had a lot young. of time That's what's to crazy. figure it out. Yeah. So. She's terrible in this movie. She's really bad. She in this is. Movie. She's, she's like quite bad. Easily the weakest part of this. movie. No question. Yes. The rest of this like, cast is great. Everyone yes. else is good. Yes. yes. Piper, is it Parabo or Parabo? I think, I think it's Parabo. Parabo. Yeah. She's even. She's pretty good. She's yeah. an actress. I think is really underrated. She I think is so underrated. Too. She's, she's always, always been. Underrated. She seemed like she should have been famous, and then yes. she never quite like broke yeah. through. Yeah. yeah. It was she is she gorgeous. Hit, she hit really hard at first. Like she had that summer where it was like she was the lead of like three movies, and then all of them didn't do that well. Well, I just I just can remember. Uh, Coyote Ugly, Coyote Ugly but and, also she's and Rocky and Bullwinkle. She's the lead of Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That movie is. 
A catastrophe. Catastrophe. <laughs> and then I think maybe maybe those were the two, but they came out within like a month of each other. Right. And then she made that like sort of like cheesecakey lesbians at boarding school with drama Misha with Misha Barton. Right. And, and Jessica Paré. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is called Lost and Delirious, which is like the most anonymous movie. Like <laughs> yeah. Lost and Delirious, yeah. uh, which is, I think, became like. You know, because there's not a lot of like lesbian coming of age dramas, sure. so it just sort of became slightly canonical anyway. It also had people who went on to become more right. famous, and right. so yes. it has that right. surreal right. thing where you look back and you're like, like oh, oh. weird, they're all in this movie. <laughs> and then yeah. there's that movie where she plays like a French girl with a beret. It's called like Slapper. She's French, oh, which was like on the this. shelf for like five years. Right. That was one of those weird movies that kept on being retitled oh, man, I can't and re-edited. Believe we're doing Piper Parabot, and then Cheaper by the Dozen. You know, yeah. It was a hit. <laughs> I don't know what to say. And she just she, goes nowhere. She ended up on one of those USA shows. Yeah, that covert affairs. Five seasons. Yeah, that was. Like I actually watched no one, a few. Yeah, that like, was the one with yeah. Peter Gallagher, right? Yes. Yes. I don't remember. I think so. I don't know. They yes. all. Yes. They're all the same. Um, I, yes, I they are all her, the same. I saw her on Broadway like five years ago, and she was amazing. Yeah, she's good. I think yeah. she does in, a lot of uh, stuff. Uh, reasons to be pretty. Sure, Neela mm. Butte. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Agreed. Agreed. But I like my mom and I saw that because uh, that was like Thomas Sadowski's coming out moment, yeah. and he had gotten these crazy good reviews. Was that that uh, I saw that with uh, Marin Ireland, I think. Uh, yes, the two of them were in it. Yeah, yeah, right. right. Marin yeah. Ireland plays Sadowski's girlfriend. Right, right, right. And Piper Parable yeah. plays his best no, friend's girlfriend, well. who's the cop, yeah, and she yeah. was like phenomenal in. It. I remember yeah. being like, "Why didn't she have a career?" I don't know. I don't know. She's really charismatic. She's quite which charismatic. Is something that I think yeah. that you know. I uh, sometimes when you get treated as a sex object in movies, they just movies don't ask you to do much. And I think yeah. she is very like alive yes, on screen. Definitely. She's just she's, like someone you want to watch. She's very vivid and she does have this kind of old movie star face. She's got this very expressive, she does, she you know, nice kind of very unique look. Yeah. 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 I mean, she Viper. makes that character who like is literally on screen to die. Yeah, two she scenes. She makes her memorable. Yeah. The yeah. idea that the rest of the movie kind of hinges on her yeah. in a lot of ways actually point. makes it work. It yep. actually works. You're totally right. Um, well, those were the three career arcs I wanted to talk about. No, the other, th- the other thing with this movie is that this is the moment where it She's feels like... She's also a looper. Oh, right. She plays yeah. another looper. Yeah, but like barely in looper, right? Yes, I think so, because I yeah. barely remember her. She plays the stripper. I need to watch yeah, that one again. The, right. She plays the stripper. Oh, great. Um... The, th- the thing I remember coming out of this was like, oh, Bale's now figured out what his movie star persona is, which is guys who are just fucking obsessed yeah. and methodical. Uh-huh. Agro, cockney. Right. But it felt like, Weirdly muscular, right. obsessive guys right. you would never want to sleep with. Right. Like, he's just like, D- I-, I won't be a romantic lead, like, yeah. ever. Well, it's like his thing was, okay, he's going like, to end up Imagine him being- in a rom-com. Impossible. And he's also <laughs> said he'll never make a rom-com. I think yeah. he knows himself. He knows, yeah. But I, I remember coming out of this movie and being like, okay, here's the place that Christian Bale is going to occupy in like big budget cinema is a more intellectual, less sexual Tom Cruise. Yeah. Way less yeah. sexual. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. what he is, that. you know? But someone yeah. who can actually also like do accents yes. and right. do like has like craft. But that same kind of thing where you want to see the character obsessively pursuing something yeah. in like a smaller scale. And then it felt like that's what Hollywood tried to make him in, like, Public Enemies and Terminator. They were like, can we apply that to he other blockbusters? phenomenal in Public Enemies. Agreed. That is my favorite Christian Bale yeah. performance. Yeah. Really? Uh, yes. I love huh. him in that movie. I think it's so great in that choice. movie. Yeah. He would be an Oscar nominee for me for that one. My, my two favorite performances of his mm. are The New World, which uh, is the biggest outlier in his career because it's the one movie in which he's just charming and light. He's quite good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And this, I think, is, like, the best He's of the obsessive Bale. Sure. 
Um, but Stop then what that. ends up happening Ray is Winston accent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those movies don't totally work for one reason or another. And then his thing ends up being like he's gotten three Oscar noms and one win, all from working with comedy directors playing comedic parts. <laughs> it's funny, but like, but playing it's them like odd. full hilt, right? Where he's like, I'm putting on weight. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna yeah. like fuck with my eye. But there right. are three comedic performances. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is odd for him because it was like Wait, this guy's the, got no sense of humor like he doesn't big, play them oh, the like fighter, comedy right. no he doesn't he, no no yeah. he just that's why they work right? right he plays them like totally straightforward but all three yes. of those characters are funny i mean they play as funny when watching yeah. the movie uh, yeah the, i would or say disturbing. The, the fighter not so yeah. much just because i, I think that character is really funny it's, well, it's he's a very sad entertaining character. it's a yeah. sad mm-hmm. character i mean american hustles a I guess it's, he's yeah he's funny. I hate that movie. Yeah. I know you do. He's funny uh, in that movie. And the big hey, you heard about these future ovens, uh, science ovens. You did. We did this two years ago on this very podcast. <laughs> did I fuck it up. Yeah, that you time fucked too? it up that time too. <laughs> Good callback, Ben. Um, great callback. Thank you. And then the big short. I think he's so good in that. He's I, great I really yeah. not my favorite movie, but I, I don't like that movie. I like. Yeah, I, I think like he's movie. very good in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's the bit I like. Other not poor Steve Carell. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Annoying in that movie. Yeah. yeah. IMO. See, because I think that's a movie where he's playing it like he's in a comedy. Right. Versus Bale, who I think is playing it like he's in a drama, which sure. makes him funny. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So in the fucking prestige. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's like, let's start with poor Piper. They're two little working magicians. They work for Ricky J. Well, first, Michael Caine tells you the entire movie. Right. Yeah. He does. Right. Of course, it starts I, right in the first image is, is the twist. It tells you the twist. Yeah. yeah. Which is the beauty of this movie. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. It totally. Puts everything out there right. right away. They show you the twist ending. Yes. They show you they Jackman say, drowning. Are you in watching the closely? Right. Yep. right. Yes. Then Michael Caine explains how the structure of the movie is going <laughs> to yeah. work. Yes. That you're going to pay attention to the wrong part uh-huh. and think that you figured it out, but it's actually this. Yep, which it's is totally what I did how you, yeah. when right. I was a teenager. Right. Yep. This movie's for closers, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh-huh. And then cross-cut with that, you see you know, Christian Bale sneaking backstage, right. going in, seeing Hugh Jackman die, being mm-hmm. framed there at the wrong moment. Yeah. This movie's giving you like, in classic Christopher Nolan in fashion, like five temporalities within the first five minutes. Yes. He loves a temporality. Right. So or it's two. like court case. Yeah, you've got the court case, but right, you're also flashing to the actual death. Right. And uh, then you're also, then there's Michael Hugh Jackman Kane. on the train reading the notebook. Right. He's mm-hmm. off to right. see Tesla. Yeah. Right. And then the when when he's uh, Michael Caine, wherever time period that's in, yeah. which is like when his daughter, the daughter has yeah. grown, but right. like right. you can't tell otherwise what. Right. And yeah. he's doing tricks for her. Yeah. Right. He's doing the bird. The and bird also, trick, which is also like, yeah. is like a key part of the movie that you don't <laughs> understand how important it is. Yeah. Right. Well, Michael Caine is also terrific in so this movie. So good. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, yeah. I feel like this is really, because he's great in Batman Begins yeah. doing his thing, but I think this is where Nolan locks into him being being like, you need to explain all my movies. Right, where he's like, screen. oh, my yes. movies don't work without this <laughs> right. guy. Everyone's confused. Yeah. Also, he is ultimately the most likable person. Oh, you know? Which is like something that I love about this movie is like how both of them are kind of like, I mean, part of the point of this movie is how obsessing over something starts to chip away at your humanity. Yes. Yes. You know, and he's the one who actually has like moral concerns. He, does. he tries to do the right thing. Well, and there's this thing, you know, like obsession is a very popular theme in movies because most directors are very obsessive and a right. lot of directors tend to make their best films about 
obsession, sure. finding a character who works as an analog for them, striving for this ideal of perfection that they can never reach. And it's, also, right. And this is a movie broadly about art, right? And yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, the absolutely. varying ways in which right. it can be about presented. About performance. Yes. About performance and about dressing something up and like, you know. But it's not real. An yeah. idea not being everything to, you know, get success. Is, right. You know, that's the thing. Like Zodiac real, and Lost yeah. City of Z are both movies that function that same kind of way, but minus the performance element. I love Which makes th- I do too, yeah. but that makes this movie a better reflection of Christopher Nolan's instincts because it is his whole thing is he loves being able to like have the audience in the palm of his hands, right? Have them confused, lead them into the light, make right. everything make sense. Yeah. Hey, look here it is, right? And I think the moment that's like the most telling, jumping way ahead is when uh, Hugh Jackman is underneath the floorboards while the applause is happening. Yeah. He does the bow oh, underneath. That's the so best good. shot in the movie. Yeah. That's kind of like the director's life in a nutshell. Yeah. For one hundred million. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. It's yep. like you're just sitting there. People right. are enjoying your thing and you're just kind of in the shadows <laughs> yeah. somewhere. Oh, they like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if they clap, it's not probably going to be for you. No. 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 No, no not at all. Yeah. Um, uh, I also just love that, yeah, when um, the, uh, just uh, along the, just on that line. Yeah. When the, what's the drunk called? Whatever the drunk oh, is. Yeah, drunken yeah. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When he comes That's out. That's character's name. Yeah, and yeah. he just does the like, the movements. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, it's him. Like, how did you do it? And it's right. like, I, like come on, Nolan's got a little bit of, like, that's a, that's pretty cute for a director to have a scene like that. Yeah. About <laughs> acting. Yeah. Where he's like, look, I can do it if you want me yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah. It's fine. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, but yes, yes. It's about art and it's about uh, Sacrifice obsession. obsession. A lot of when directors make their obsession movies, it's like this is what I could have become if I didn't keep myself in line. Like I feel like sure. those movies are always the alternate reality of like Fincher could have become Graysmith. Sure, <laughs> you know, yeah, it, yeah, like with card catalogs in his right. basement. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel like he's kind of close already. He anyway, yeah, hundred percent. That's why he yeah. needs to make World War Z two. Really yeah. bring him <laughs> just just crashing down, crashing down the ground. <laughs> yes. Um, but I hear also, that movie's secretly a comedy, though. Uh, World War Z I would love nothing more. Do you think the zombies know they're in a movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's really a comedy if you're paying Is attention. Is Pitt going to be in that? I saw that movie. I don't remember if Pitt dies. I hope it'd be so funny he if Pitt's not he in lives. it. Yeah, he lives. He lives. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason. No, the only reason Fincher's doing that right, movie is it's has happening. A it has to be. I one assumes. Yeah, right. I can't wait to hear what his fucking take is on that. Whether it's good or bad, I'm whatever excited. makes him want to do that movie is going to be so weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you. No, neither character is likable. Is to be right. identified. And they're both. Well, though, they're both deliberately alienating. Yes. Right. Even though I think the movie does end with this sort of note of like, well, Christian Bale in the end was was the Mozart, and you know, Hugh Jackman was the was Salieri, Salieri or whatever. But it, I still find the Bale character like so monstrous. Well, but also the first hour of the movie, I I think. At least they try to present Jackman to you as being likable. He goes yeah, no, through a yeah, yeah. tragedy because right. well, in the first, yeah, yeah. right, the first half, Bale right. is He's you know hero. he dies at, right. at the you know at yes. the end, like all and this it, stuff. The crucial thing is Kane really does think he's dead. Yeah, like that's another reason. He, like he's not tricking us. They place uh, things close though, to the chest. Yes, because yeah. they 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 can't when they do their worst thing. They can't let Kane's uh, cutter that's his name into yeah. it because they like you say he's the moral gotta keep your hands force. Right. Yeah, but we also we see that uh, he ties the knot he ties yeah. the, the knot that ma- yeah. is responsible for for, for right. Piper but does dying he, yes yes you right. know like it, we see it why he does he tie the fucking knot well like I think it's interesting that like throughout the movie when he keeps being like you know I don't know if I did it or right. not yeah. and, and, and Hugh Jackman thinks he's just being a jackass yeah. right. and you're like no he's two people and they're fighting over whether they did this right. because right. one of them doesn't know right you know why did he tie that knot 
Because he thinks he knows better. That's right. the other yeah, thing yeah. that makes right. him so unlikable right. in the first chunk of the movie is he's so arrogant. He's, he's so, so sure. brash. Yeah. It is this like Bale character where it's like he's so unconcerned with charisma or right. showmanship. But one of them is more unconcerned than the other one. Right? Correct. Yeah. That's the thing I love about this Bale performance is he actually does establish differences between the two of them. And especially mm-hmm. if you're watching. But they're watching relatively subtle. Right. They're yeah. relatively subtle. But I also, I swear to God, one of the two characters is five pounds heavier than the other one. I've oh, never gotten confirmation on this. I swear to God, if you track the movie. He's like wearing a little more padding or something? No, I, his face is fatter. I swear. Bale's got a fat face. Well, I also wouldn't put it past him That's to my, like do yes, that. I think he, he did a, that. He would do that. I think he fucking did that. Yeah. And I've never gotten confirmation, but I think Bale went to him and was like, can I have stuff at the beginning and stuff yeah, at the end? so I can put on some weight. have a couple weeks where I can gain five, five I could pounds. absolutely believe it because, uh, yeah, you can, especially rewatching this. Yeah. I was like, you can see the two different twins very clearly. Yes. You can. Yeah. Yes. I mean, A, performance styles. B, I think their their voices are a little bit different. One of them's lighter than the other one in terms of like, one of them makes right. more One of them jokes. is just a little, right, a little right. more fun to be around. Right. One yes. of them is a little more gruff. And one of them, I think, has a rounder face. And it doesn't I feel this. prosthetic. Perfect conspiracy theory. Right. Yeah. Which I also love because it makes me watching the movie feel like Hugh Jackman losing my mind. <laughs> yes. But like, also, we haven't talked about this, but. Bale auditioned for Batman Begins in his machinist weight. Right. He and was, Nolan was, he was like, like 85 pounds. Right. And Nolan was like, well, you're great for the part, but we have to film in nine months and you look like this. And he's like, give me six weeks. And he Don't comes worry. back too big. Yeah, he came back fat. He famously came right. back and Nolan was like, too much. Yeah. yeah. How? What did he do? I don't know. He, what he did like, he eat? He's going to die. He's yeah. going to die. He gained, I mean, that can't be good for you. He gained 100 pounds. <laughs> he went from 130 to 230. And then was like, now I got my mask. And then dropped like, yeah. down to 190 because yeah. Nolan was like, you're, uh, you're large. Yeah. You're too yeah. large. You have to be a little more live. Yeah, because even in Batman Begins when he's doing like the shirtless fighting scenes at the at the Ninja Temple, he's like bulky. He's a, Yeah, he's a bulky. For one. the Dark Knight movies, he's like, he is lithe. He's kind of sinewy. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I, I truly think he gained weight for one of these two characters, Amen. which is like it's it's one of those things. The way I talk about Tom Hanks, where it's like great to watch Tom Hanks, a guy who's good at his job, play people who are good at their job. <laughs> it's great to watch Christian Bale destroy himself, <laughs> yep. playing people who obsessively destroy themselves. But he's good at it because I feel like a lot of actors do this bullshit and it's annoying. Right. Yeah. Like, the yeah. Well, it's so, it's so like. Uh, you want to be patted on the back for being right. like, look at my commitment to this. And look at what I'm doing. It's usually very male. I mean, it's a, yes. Well, the, I mean, that's, I mean, it's part of the reason why when you watch him do the first version of the, the transported man trick and yeah. he's bad at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're like, I, I think you can see that indifference in yes. times to actually pleasing the audience. Yes. <laughs> yes. You know? yes. Like that speaks to him. Like he doesn't really care about that part. Well, yes. The Rosetta Stone with I Bale. love that you don't even see the the fucking trick the oh, first time they show so it. That he like cuts because he's like, look, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. But it, it's like, right. It's like, Angier is like, you know, someone who goes sees, I don't know, what's the equivalent? Like a bad concert. I don't know. Like, but they're, he's like, no, but these guys are brilliant if they just figure out. Yeah. You know, it's like, and he's like shaken. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's like, this is the most incredible trick I've ever seen and no one even understands. The Rosetta Stone with Bale for me is he's got the song. I guess it's like Amadeus, right? It's like Salieri. No, I, no, I was going to say Bale as an actor. No, yeah, no, go ahead. Right. Yeah, the yeah. thing is, I, I think it's, um, he's got the complex that a lot of former child actors do where they want to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. But a lot of child actors do that by, Acting adult, trying yeah. to be extreme, and you—I've like read Jared Leto, right? I've read a lot of interviews with him where he just says, "I think it's a really silly profession. I think it's gross how much money we get paid for it. I think celebrity is a weird concept. 
So if I'm going to have all these benefits, I want to know I'm doing enough work to feel like it's justified. So he like obsessively wants to do the work to make it feel like he's real. <laughs> like he right. deserves this. Right. So it feels like with him, there's not that level of posturing that a lot of the like methody guys have because he's not bragging about it. And he also admits the only reason I'm doing this is because it feels goofy. <laughs> like he's not going like, look at how serious an actor I am. He's like, this whole job is ridiculous. So if I'm not putting this much into it, I feel like I'm slacking off. Mm. And it feels like that's the bar he keeps on setting for himself. So it comes from just this insane obsession that makes it like more engaging to watch than when it's just like, oh, fuck, I get it. I see what you're doing. You I know like what you said? Yeah. Um, and it feels very in line with this character who's yeah. just like, there has to be a better version of this. Right, you know, right. there has to be a better way to do this, like a pure way to do this. Pure. I think yeah. Is yeah. That's he wants it to thing. be pure. Because Jackman is like, he just wants to put on a great show. He wants he to wants entertain to get people. applause right. at the end. Right. Yeah. Right. As he says right at the end of the movie, right? right. He's like, it was about their faces. I right. like their faces. And Bale's all about technical skill. It's just about like, can I get to the point where it doesn't even look like I'm doing anything? Right. Can I be the best? Can right. I be the best at it? Yeah. Even if they don't know it. Right. God, they're both so well cast in this. Yeah, I know. It's perfect. Yeah. It's really, I, I think that's just one of the things that makes it work so well is yeah. how it feeds into who both both of them seem to be as actors. And even more so in the 11 years since this movie's come out. Like, it's the movie's gotten more powerful because of how their legacies have continued. It's true. Uh, Jackman does seem to be chasing our smiles a little more <laughs> than uh, total vermicillitude or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like when Bale in this movie like goes off on one of his kind of like sulky tantrums, right. you're like, yes. sound like Christian Sounds Bale. Like, yeah. like, don't you fucking understand? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did I tell the thing I heard about the the DP on Terminator? That he sucks. Yeah. Uh, you were told us off mic. I can't remember if it was on mic. Okay. Can you say the Brendan Fraser story on mic? Because that's a fascinating story. If you don't want to, I don't know. All right, tell her off, Mike. That that really blew my mind. I might tell it later. Yeah, it's a really good story. Really good. Really good. I might tell it on another episode. That's a tease. Okay, that's the pledge. Mm. (laughs) So they're magicians. They work for Ricky Jay. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Ricky Jay also gets to be the hack in this movie. Like the greatest magician alive. Leave Ricky Jay alone. And yeah, like right, the illusionist as well. Right. Every magic movie needs to have the perfunctory Ricky Jay. He's always your magic consultant, right? Like, yeah, because he knows about the history of magic. He's got the biggest library. He understands. Ricky Jay's pretty cool. He is, of course. I mean, imagine just hanging out with him and having him throw playing cards into watermelons. <laughs> when, so when I can't fall asleep at night, I watch Ricky Jay videos. I find Ricky Jay very calming. No, he seems he seems very soothing. He's yeah. got a great like yeah, exactly a yeah. soothing presence. But I've watched like every video of Ricky Jay on YouTube at least six times. It is because I have insomnia. <laughs> right, he was in the Great Buck Howard. He was yeah. in the Brothers Bloom. He's in so many like he's always uh, in the entertainer movies. There's another one I'm trying to remember where he's good at. Well, he also plays Captain Amazing's uh, manager in um, in Magnolia. Um, Mr. Mr. Man. Man, not yeah, Magnolia. Magnolia. He is in Magnolia. Yeah. Uh, he's in State Maine. He's in Deadwood. He was so good in Deadwood. Oh, he's uh, amazing in Deadwood. Yeah, so yeah. fucking good. Yeah, I like him a lot as an actor. Yeah, uh, but he plays a hack in this. He's a shitty magician. In the right, beginning that they of the work film, for. They're like right. shills for him. They they're like, plants. Yeah, they're plants. Their job is to be the audience volunteers that tie the knots on Hugh Jackman's wife, Piper Parabo. He keeps kissing her leg. 
Because he it's can't resist often, her leg. It's never really explained. It seems odd to me that she had to do the really dangerous escape trick. <laughs> like She's it's like true. the assistant, basically, yeah, on right. stage, and yet she has to do the hardest trick. And you yeah. never see an assistant do anything complicated. I mean, I yeah. guess right. like they saw women in half, and so like that's alluded to, you know, yeah. all so, I mean, the usual crap. This character sucks. Like, the Ricky J character is a shitty right. magician. So he's like, yeah, sticking he's her like with I can't the go in the tank. Job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Batman and Robin. He's like, I have my stand in do it. <laughs> but I do love that you have uh, Kane off off uh, stage with an axe. And a pocket watch. Yeah, the watch. He watch. Times it. That's yeah. what you need, Michael. That's what Michael Kane does in Christopher Nolan movies. He's like standing there with an axe. In case. Even days where he's not in the scene. Yeah. <laughs> so he's no. just waiting around. Yeah. <laughs> off camera in case something starts getting muddled. And then he like pumps the watch and walks on screen and explains the movie. <laughs> so she dies. Yes. This is the inciting incident of the film. Right. They're arguing at the beginning of the movie about what kind of knot is best. And Christian Bale, some nights, thinks that there's a better knot. Mm-hmm. And Bale's like, or, or uh, Kane is like, doesn't fucking matter. Just do the knot. Do the knot you're told to do. And you also have that early scene where they, Slip in the knot. they go to see the Chinese magician yep. who yes. does the crazy curtain tricks. And right. I love the one scene where they're kind of both just these young magicians who just like love like watching out. other people. Yeah. Yeah. I almost want more A whole of movie it. that, yeah. Because like, they are sweet. So sweet. But, I, but that is, right, like the point of the movie is that they are each other's like soulmate yes. in yes. the most twisted way possible. Right. Yes. Like no one else in their yeah. life is more important than yeah. this person they try to destroy. Yeah. They're the two <laughs> yes. people who fucking love magic this much. Because that's the whole thing about the the, the um, transported man. Yeah. He's showing it to an audience that's like, oh, he's over there now. Great. Right. And Jackman's like, that was so good. <laughs> right. He's like, like the only one. His real audience is, is just for this like, one guy. For <laughs> each of them, like all they really want is for the other one to see their transported man and go like, that's the best trick yeah, ever. Right. You're right. You you're did totally it right. Because right. even Michael Caine, when he sees it, he's like, oh, he's got a double. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the, the, I mean, again, like you said about the, the prestige, it's like, how do you do it? Michael Caine's like, oh, he doesn't, has a double. Questions answered. He it's, says what it is. It's yeah. amazing rewatching this movie. The first hour, they Jackman, tell you 80 times yes. right. what the movie is, what's right. going to happen. They yeah. keep on saying it. They but keep Jackman on saying like, goes you're to like Colorado this, you're like that. and he's like, yeah. you know, what's the secret yes. <laughs> yeah, to David, David Bowie? Bowie yes. But that's tell me, David yeah. Bowie. And it's like, Make Michael Caine already machine. told you. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last line of the movie. It's like, people don't want to know. They want to be fooled. Right. And the whole right. movie, he keeps on saying like, well, there's two of them. Yeah, he keeps saying it, yes. like in how he frames stuff yes. and how he shoots stuff. The fact that Fallon never has a fucking line. No, I know, yeah. and it's like, yeah, right. And he's always other... just sitting around, often not fully like his face not being he shown. He doesn't let yeah. you see his face for more than a second at a time. No, it's until always right at the it's end. done yeah. so showily. It, it is, yes, right. Yes. To the fact no, especially that. since yeah. everyone else in the movie is played by a goddamn acting legend. Well, the, right, like yes. even Roger Reese shows up to like say five lines. You know, like <laughs> and so it's like, oh yeah, who plays uh, Christian Bale's guy? I don't know, Jimmy. No name. That's how I remember cracking. In the theaters was I said like there's no way that's not somebody that's so who's thi- that guy playing Fallon you know like, we were similar people and right. that's how I was too I was like I know the billing of this right. is, it, is it Eddie Marzen like who is it it's gonna be someone like that right. could and be Eddie Marzen it could have been yeah, yeah. and the cuts were so quick I kept on being like why are they not giving us a look at him it has to be for a reason yeah. you know, and then it, you start to realize okay it's a guy in makeup it, his face looks course, prosthetic and of course Michael Caine is saying yeah. he has a double but uh, you know what Eddie Marzen isn't uh, what the illusion Ooh, <laughs> the greatest trick of all. <laughs> he transported into the other movie. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, but it does, you know, I remember feeling like you, not as angry about it, but just being like, okay, I got it. It's the, it's the twin thing. It's the brother thing. That's what's sure, going on here. Sure. Now I'm just going to enjoy a well-made movie. I know where the twist is. I know where it's coming. I never try to guess like, twists. That's I don't not how I watch movies I don't either, usually, but yeah. I feel like looking at the twin thing is 
the twist right. is like the wrong way to look at this movie, right? I that's, looked at it wrong. That's the whole point of the movie yes. is he's making you look at this hand yeah. and then the other hand. And you're like, look at this horrible, grotesque thing. Yeah, because <laughs> that's final the reveal. Yeah, I think also the first time I saw this movie, and this maybe was a reaction other people shared, I don't know, was yeah. like, I was like, wait, so Tesla created a machine that clones people? Yeah. And I was it's just like. It's an incredibly powerful machine, right. really. It's yeah. like being totally misused. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, that's. It can create matter. That's apparently definitely what it is. It defies the laws yeah. of thermodynamics. It completely defies any law. <laughs> but he also knows it's a bad idea. No, He's he like, totally knows it's a bad this. idea. Uh, yeah. And I was so wrapped up in it. And of course, that the idea, the, right, that the ultimate trick, as he says when he's doing the trick where he's like, this is magic, it's science. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wait. And I, look, I was an idiot. I was, sometimes <laughs> you're stupid in college. And, Some, uh, sometimes you're stupid in college. They should put that on a fucking t-shirt. You know, and I'm so obsessed. Well, we'll talk about the machine later. All right. Okay. So, so uh, she she dies. She drowns. Mm-hmm. Her name is uh, Julia. Julia. Yeah. Piper Parable. And they've had this night where they went to the show together where they saw the old man with the fishbowl. Yeah, I, I just love that. He must a real, be a real magician, There was right? a real magician, and then there was a white guy who basically stole his act, Jesus. lived in character as a Chinese person, which then becomes the basis for Colin Firth Magic in that Woody Allen movie. Boy. Full circle. I was hoping Full you were going to that. circle. Yep. God, that Woody is... Allen made two magician movies in the last 10 years. He likes magician movies. One of them movies. featuring Yellowface. Yeah. One of them featuring a recent Oscar winner emerging in his first scene in Yellowface. And you're like, yeah. ah. Right. Um, and, and having sex with a, a near teenager. They don't have sex. They don't? No. But don't they end up together? They do. They end up together, they, definitely. They, they, they yeah. will have sex. I mean, right. they have, they're going to have a little magic in the moonlight. Mm-hmm. I think that, movie, that movie is pretty bad. It I would bad. agree with that. Um... Uh, maybe they do have sex. I don't fucking remember. But Bale, but Bale has that line where they're watching him go to his carriage and he goes, that's it. It has to be the fishbowl between the knees. And he goes, I'm looking at him. He stays in character. And Bale says, like, like total devotion to the craft. Right. That's right. the thing. He's like, yeah. that's the performance right there. That's the part that matters. Yeah. yeah. And he's blown away. And Jackman is kind of like me as David sit where I'm like, that's a lot of work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you have to do that. But what I love about it is Bale saying this. Can't there be a machine? <laughs> Bale's saying this, and the first time you're watching the movie, you feel like that's the movie calling it shot. Like, now that's what this guy's going to do. Sure. But in reality, this guy's been doing that for years already. Right. Like, he's reaffirming what he's already, the sacrifice he's made, that it's worth it. Yeah. Because he knows. Yeah. It's also impressive that he takes that long, when you think of it, to actually do this trick he has been preparing his whole life right. for. Because he, he's referring he, to it right from the beginning. He's yes. like, it's not ready. Right. Transported man. Yeah. It's coming. Well, but I think the thing is, he's like, I need to do it on the right stage. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if I blow it too early, it's like my career has to build up to this. I need to do this at the moment when I have the right amount of eyes on me. You know, it's sort of like, you, you know, it's like a director saying like, this is my dream project, but I can't make this until I have a couple movies under my belt. I need sure. the experience yeah, to be able yeah. to adapt this or make this script yeah. on the right budget. Yeah. You know, like yeah. the prestige. Like and yet when he does it the first time, it is that really underwhelming with it's, the ball. I love so how underwhelming it is. Yeah. I, I just, like, that like that he, scene is maybe my favorite in the movie. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Do you think he was like, how do I crack it? And then finally he was like, I know a ball. A ball. It's <laughs> just like, and his persona, the professor is so terrible. It sucks. Like, he's so bad. <laughs> he's so, he's bad. so bad at that part of magic. But yeah. then when he humiliates 
the great Danton later. He's, he's pretty good then. He is, right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's a good roast it. comedian. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, ah! Yeah, no, he's, and he's got the big mustache. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, right. He's finally figured it out a little bit. Right, because I was looking at those character posters and it says like, you know, uh, Hugh Jackman is the great Danton. I was like, good fucking name. And then the other one says, Christian Bell's the professor. And I was like, uh-huh. before I rewatched the movie, I was like, oh, right, he's the professor? The professor. That's his fucking persona? Um, but no, he is Alfred Borden. Yes. And yeah. sometimes Freddy. Sometimes Freddy. Sometimes Borden. That's another thing. You see when he corrects people which thing to call him. Right. Mm. One of them goes by Borden more, one of them that goes by Alfred more. And um, uh, Hugh Jackman is Robert Angier. Yes. Yes. Um Lord Cal was it Lord Caldor? Lord Ca- Caldlow. 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 He's, he's a change his name because his family's embarrassed. Um yes. And Piper suggests the great Danton. I'm like, oh, a little foofy. Then she dies. So he sticks with it. And now now he's got something to prove. But interspersed with all this is, yes, you see Robert going to Colorado to on find the train, Tesla. Reading these notebooks, trying the to find Tesla. The inventor of alternating current who is being besieged. Like the, the D plot in this movie is that Edison's after him. Well, that's it. Like they are other two rival. They are. Like one who's yes. like better, who's got the better product, but is like right. worse at showmanship. Yeah. And the other who's like uh, chasing around. Right. And he's going to win. He's going to win. Yeah. And yeah, because that's the thing. Like Tesla's invented the coolest fucking thing in the world. Yeah. But his idea is like, what if I just put it in a stage and turn it on? And everyone's like, this thing's terrifying. Like I can't <laughs> deal with this. And then he won't show up to explain it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. And uh, when he, and when, I mean, both. Oh, he's great. Yeah, he's, uh, yeah. If anyone's going to be like a wizard scientist on a mountain, it's like David. What incredible movie. That's the one Nolan went for. Come to my mountain lab. (laughs) That's very good. Thank you. Uh, Like, because I think, uh, like I said, like Jackman and Bale almost pursued the roles, but Nolan, I think, like went to a pilgrimage to Bowie and was like, you are the only person I have in mind. Because he hadn't done a real movie in a while. He'd done like, oh, playing himself in Zoolander for a scene. But I feel like this was his first like dramatic performance in a long time. Uh, First since, basically since. uh, Basquiat? Basquiat. I mean, he is in like Everybody Loves Sunshine. I've never heard of that. It's some British indie movie that never came out. Yeah, it's basically his first since he played Warhol yeah. in Basquiat. One of the better Warhols. Uh, who are other, I mean, Guy Pierce, Bill Hader. Yeah. <laughs> trying to think of Warhols. Who uh, plays him in I Shot Andy Warhol? Jared, Jared Harris. Harris. He's, He's good. good. Haven't seen that movie in a long time. Yeah. Anyway. Just Tesla. Uh, yeah, right. So he's going to Tesla. We don't totally know why at this point. No. But uh, And he's reading Bale's diary. Right. Right. And Bale is reading his diary, right? Yes. 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 <laughs> right, right. Because yeah. right, we also have right. Bale in prison. Yeah. Right. Bale right. is in prison and he's yeah. reading. Yeah. They're both With reading the each other's of diaries. The man he both of which they have written knowing that the other will read. <laughs> like you say, they love each other. They love yeah. each other. They really just yeah. want to be with each other. <laughs> this movie has two unreliable narrators. Like most of the story is being told to characters. <laughs> Three. Because Cutter doesn't know yeah. that right. uh, the, he's, the yeah, trick was real. Yeah. Was real. So what good. a crazy fucking movie. <laughs> I know. And I think that's one reason it maybe put people off. And I also think the fact that it's doing Nolan's uh, favorite thing of sort of mm-hmm. moving uh, time around. Yeah. And Batman Begins does it, you know, where it's like, let me do his origin, yeah. his teen years, and his Batman training all at the same time, just kind of muddled together. Like, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, maybe people were just like, oh, he's just doing his whole thing. But it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel showy. It no. doesn't feel, or like, like 
Westworld, which Jonathan Nolan yeah. was yes. involved with, like where yes, so indeed. much of the timeline was just to deliberately withhold information. Like it doesn't feel like that. Like I, I think that this movie feels very elegant in the way it jumps yes. around. Agreed. Yes, agreed. I mean, and Jonathan I, Nolan is definitely the lesser Nolan when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I look, I enjoyed watching Westworld, but I it's, did too. Yeah, but, yeah. But I mean, Inception even is a movie, you know, that like is very heavy-handed correctly because it has to be to sort yeah. of make everything make sense about like, look, we're cutting from this. We'll, this we'll get to, to that. This. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. have to go deeper. But we'll have to go very deep. Um <laughs> but I do no I do think that episode. I do think this is a movie where A, uh everything builds up and builds into a point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a very thematic movie and it's very concerned with a select number of ideas and everything ties into that. Yeah. And B, it's a movie and where... And it's a smaller movie in a way, too. It's not a lot of characters. And also, by making a movie about magicians, the structure of the movie reflects the material. It's not just like, oh, look, it's a trick for the sake of a trick, which is the problem with a lot of twist-ending movies, is like, you built an entire movie just around the rug pull, and it's like, yeah, but is it a fucking movie? You just It's just a misdirect. But this movie's entirely about the notion of misdirecting right. people. Is this the best magic movie? I mean, what other I'm ones are say. there? Magic Mike. Uh, now you see me too. How do you feel about those? <laughs> I mean, I, they should be my favorite movies of all time. They should be. Like, they really they, should. And they're not. And I, that's like the saddest thing for me. I'm like, this, this premise is all I want from right. a movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, it's funny watching it, rewatching it this time. I was like, this movie actually should be maybe too much, too neat. Like yeah. everything right. ties back around to those points, right? Yeah. Like, like even little even details. Even down to the diaries, like yeah. you say. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And in a way where it's it's so focused on getting to that ending that it should be annoying. Yes. Uh, yes. But I do think that the control of it works here. And I feel like to the point where the twist for me doesn't feel like a twist, it feels like the final reveal to help you understand these two characters. Correct. Yes, you know? exactly. That's like what, that, I mean, that's why the movie works. Yeah. It's yeah. because it cares about the characters more than the uh, muddled timeline or the, you know. Well, and that's, that's a thing. The magic. The thing about Nolan is he is this guy of structures, of big ideas, mm. of narrative twists. But I think he does, you know, he's not a great humanist, but he does care about characters a lot more than a lot of these sort of cold, calculated master plan directors do. And that, like, he clearly fucking loves actors. He casts really well. Yeah, he has good dialogue. And he's got, like, a good sense of atmosphere. I mean, this is just a movie where, like, every room they go into feels fully realized. You it's know? a well-designed yeah. movie. It's yeah. got a great sense of time and place. I love the field of uh, lights. Right. You know, the field the of lights is beautiful. Beautiful, uh, the hats. The, the theaters, where the theater spaces when they're setting yeah. up. Like, yeah. And it feels like the world is fully realized, and it's got such a good, like, I, I, this, I mean, I feel like by default this has to be the best magic movie because this is the movie that feels like it represents magic the best. Like, I, in movies about obsession or about, yeah. like, a field or an industry, what I love is when I see it and I'm like, ah, fuck, I want to be a magician. Yeah. <laughs> Where the movie makes the thing look so compelling, even if it's fucking up the character's life. It makes life. it look so right. satisfying right. to well, get it right. You're like, yeah. this is the only thing that anyone should do is magic. Right. Yeah, well, it also gives you that sense of, like, every little niche community where you're yes. like, this person's a big shot in it and right. everyone's gossiping about these other people. It gives you right. the sense of the world of magic as, right. like, something that exists and that is but It's like that petty. thing of, like, watching, mm-hmm. like, Jiro Dreams of Sushi and being like, oh, fuck, I should cook. <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's the only good sure. thing I is I should devote cooking. my life to yeah. learning Amen. to cook sushi rice. Like, for yeah. the time you're watching the movie and under that trance, it just, like, sets up that world so well and, the, like, the respect within that world and yeah. the sort of pursuits and the ambitions and the uh, ideals. 
Um, I will say about this movie, uh, Nolan has made a lot of movies about obsession or about a yep. calling. Uh, it's one I, I I do not like Interstellar because I think it like half asses the message it tries to give about mm. having a calling and feeling torn. But I think this movie is the best <laughs> at, at that yeah. because it also is not afraid to have its two main characters be monstrous at times. Yes. You know, like that. And it doesn't does not, really want to redeem them. Right. Yeah, and it like, does not yeah. require you to go along with them in this obsession. It just allows it to yes. be there. Yeah. You know? Because to me, it's like when Borden does reveal like yeah, it's a twin and we've committed to this. And he says this line that's like, you know, we each had half a life, but that was enough for me. Right. Like barely. It was enough. Barely. barely. Yeah. And you're like, what? No, it wasn't. You ruined the lives of everyone around you. Yeah. You. It's horrible what you did. Like, you know, but he... In his head, he's like, no, we did it just right. Like, that was perfect. Well, but that's maybe a key to this movie working so well, is that this is the only Nolan movie. I'm running through my head to confirm this. I will stand by this. This is the only Nolan movie that's really a two-hander. Mm. Every other Nolan movie is mm. a main character that yeah. you're following and yeah. supporting For characters sure. around yeah. them. Yeah. Sure. And by having the two-hander, both characters are unlikable, but he's also able to constantly shift the status. They yep. both have tragedies in their life. They're both appealing in different ways, not appealing in different ways. So you can kind of go like, okay, well, now I'm more with Jackman because what, what Bale did was fucked up. And uh -huh. then Jackman does something fucked up. Well, you're like, okay, I'm good with Bale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a movie about a prank war. It is uh, a prank is. war breaks out in the middle yeah. of this movie. Really? This movie's mean... based on Jake and Amir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mean, mean pranks. Mean prank war. Yeah. Uh, lady gets her hands broken. I know. By Costs, a... Loses fingers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he shoots him. Yeah, the bullet yeah. catch oh. scene. That's rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the the fall into the no pillows. You know, the trap yeah, door. landing straight on the leg. Ooh. Yeah, Which, they maim each other. <laughs> they do. They they really are not nice to each other. No at one all. does the exact same move in Dark Knight with Eric Roberts, where the guy lands on, on the ground feet. on his yes. feet. It's like one of the most painful things to watch in a movie. It's <laughs> yeah. a rough stunt. I think about both of those moments in this and Dark Knight as like visceral. Well, like, oh, just, I hate that. He lets you see it yeah. just for a second, but it's plenty. Like, and they yeah. do good sound effects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Kind of like the splintering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Swear to me. I'm sorry. Fuck. <laughs> um, we haven't even gotten to that joke yet. So yeah. Tesla is yes. is he made a Tesla coil that clones people. This is, I mean I think I just <laughs> that's just in the, so there's a ship of Theseus yeah. essentially, right? <laughs> like that's what this is. Yeah. He makes this is something I really just want to talk to you guys about cuz it really freaked me out the first time I saw it. Okay. Okay. This device makes another you, yes. right? And you know, do you guys know what I mean by the ship of Theseus metaphor? It's like no. you no. Okay, so it's like it's I think it's a Greek uh, it would sound like it would be a yeah. you know, <laughs> philosophical question, which is like, if you have a ship and slowly over time, you replace every part of the ship with a new part, but like you never at any point like scuttled the ship. Is it still the same ship or is it a new ship? Okay. And the same thing happened to us. Yes, so like we yes. use up all our atoms and our molecules yeah, yeah, and they no. get replaced all the time. And like at a certain point, we're a different person, but mm. we're not. So it, he uses the cloning machine. Mm -hmm. It makes a clone of him or it makes a new him right. for the balcony. He goes in the water. Yeah. Yeah. So every time he dies. He kills himself. Yes. No, he kills himself again and again and again. But he always wants to do it again. That's what always blows. That's what blows well, my mind the most about this movie. Because that guy didn't die. The one, yes. the one thing <laughs> that guy. I love that so yeah, much. I know. That's the only thing Here, that. David, take a, take a pull, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that new copy doesn't have a memory of is dying. Right. Yeah. They yeah. have his entire they life other than the death. All the way there. And right. then the last thing that happens to that guy after the zap, the only thing that happens is into the tank. Right. 
but they feel like as fully formed a human being with the entire sense of, of memory and emotions and history. Right. Yep. And then they have to kill themselves. Right. But yeah. do they know that they're going to kill themselves? I don't think so. Because he looks surprised when he goes in the tank. Well, I he, think, says, he says that thing about, like, I never knew every night if I would be the man in the box or the man that's in the prestige. That's true. Right? That so suggests he does know almost, yeah. like, this sense of, like, he doesn't understand that they're both him. Right. Okay. I think. I love this shit. Uh-huh. I think he's looking surprised on purpose. A, A, just because even if you know you're going to die. He's drowning and it's horrible. Drowning, of course. And they emphasize yeah, that drowning, drowning is a horrible way to die. Right. Right? And, and I love that where Kane at the first when yeah, she lies. drowns, he's like, it's beautiful. Just, it's, it's like, going you know, home. Yeah. It's like eating like, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> I think it's and a then later, quote, yeah. yeah, and then later he's like, no, it's bad. It's like eating a poo-poo <laughs> and pee-pee sandwich. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the line he says, right? It's yeah. like eating a poo-poo and pee-pee sandwich. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, no, but I think that's why the the tank is set up the way it is with the lock going on automatically yeah, yeah, because yeah. he doesn't he, want to have the chance to second guess it and go actually right. let me out because he does kill the first clone he makes yeah yeah with a gun yeah yeah right yeah but right. he so, doesn't know that he didn't really think it through did he no, no yeah no he doesn't he wants to make sure there's no exit and also it's the very, second thing yeah, is I think when he sees Bale there he plays it up more because this is part of his bigger plan to get Bale arrested yes. right yeah no you're right you're right you're right that's true that's true yeah. Bale needs to. Be in on the bit. Yes. Right. Uh, not be in or on not the bit. Or not be in the bit. Yeah. But I do like the idea anyway that, I yeah. mean, it's horrible bit every time, movie. right? Yeah. Every time. Of course. Of course. One, of fucking, one of, that's like why it's so good. The, yeah. yeah. It's yes. literally the worst thing. Yes. It's dying. It's, it's, it's drowning yeah. alive. <laughs> dying yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, See, I thought it could have been fun to have like a, an apartment full of the clones, kind of like a multiplicity <laughs> kind of right. thing. And they're all yeah. like, and then he realizes they're getting, they're escaping. So then he starts killing them. That'd be a great sequel to the prestige which is like now he's got to kill these clones <laughs> but i mean or they start a pizza place but that's but that's like in, in multiplicity yes exactly but that's what the 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 plot with the drunk actor is you know that's right, right. he's trying to do that where he's like well what if i just have a clone and i just like and yeah. immediately and he of can't course, bear it he, no he doesn't want that he doesn't want that guy no. getting the applause and of course the guy is like oh you need me so you know whatever give me a ham sandwich i don't know yeah. what he wants uh, i'm just gonna go to the bathroom quickly i'll be back in a second okay sure i usually pull this trick um, but the thing is, what was I going to say? What the fuck was I going to say? He totally threw me the murderer, off. murderer, he kills himself every time. The, the, the fact that he's killing himself in the way that his wife died. Yes. Is like one of those nice little obsessive like notes that I love so much that he like maybe like feels there's something important about that. Yeah. Because at the beginning, Kane's like, you know, this will close it particular significance. Right. I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> Hey, what's going on? Yeah, exactly. It's Griffin. Well, call me Finn. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How many minutes are we in? Yeah, we're doing great. What, okay. what were we just talking about? Uh, the fact that he's always killing himself like his wife dies. And what were we talking about before that? <laughs> so there's this video game I love, Soma. I just want to talk about it for one minute. Okay. Uh, which is about you're a person whose brain has been transplanted into a new body way into the future. Okay. And midway through the game, you have to move from your body to a new body. And so you do that because your old body doesn't work for like the next thing you have to go into. Mm -hmm. And then when you're in the new body, you're confronted with your old body is right there. Mm. And the computer's like, well, yeah, that's you too. We we copied you. We didn't. Like, oh, that's you also. You. Not, You're also not still that's there. you too. Yeah. And, and it's not the band. No, it's not the band you too, unfortunately. Okay. And like, and so they're like, and so what do you want to do about this? Do you want to kill this thing or do yeah. you just want to let it live? And you get to pick because it's a video game. Of course. And, you know. 
Uh, and I love just that idea that the copy paste, you know, where it's like you still got you got the old one to worry about. Yeah, you, know, right. you, you can't just move consciousnesses. You just made another one that's the exact same. Or right. is it? Yeah. Well, yeah. especially like when you've got uh, Bale's character living, sharing his life with this double the whole time. Yes. And Jackman's first instinct is like, we got to kill him. Yeah, we, we can't yeah, have two me's have... out there. And he's an A-list movie star and Christian Bale's like a committed character actor. <laughs> yes. And that fits both of their vibes. Have I ever told the story about the, the DP on Terminator with Christian Bale? <sighs> this you're doing this. No, you haven't. Well, yeah, you've told the story. Yeah. No, you, you said that earlier. Yeah. He always does the light. On, on this episode? Yeah, on this mm-hmm. episode. Right. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, Bale's better at it. Or what's his name? Uh, Borden's better at it than you, Finn. Better at what? Uh, God. All right. <laughs> I, so I'm just here to talk about the prestige like I've always been. I've always been here talking about the prestige. Well, is there anything else about the prestige you want to talk about? Uh, I feel like we talked about all the major threads. Yeah. And then it all sort of wraps up. <laughs> Out of them. order. Well, much like the movie. Much like the movie. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think if there's anything. Well, there's Scarlett Johansson. We haven't talked about her or Rebecca Hall. Yeah. Rebecca kind of, Hall. We talk about Rebecca Hall. I think Rebecca Hall is very good in this movie. I this was the first too. time I yeah. took notice of her. Yeah. This was her year. This was her early. first yeah. year as a as a because she was in the start of her ten the same year, which right. is a nice little movie. Yeah. And I, it does a nice job of showing the progression of their relationship so that she under she's on board. She understands that there's something strange. Yeah, but she's yes. at peace with it for a while. Right. That she's like, sometimes you love me and sometimes you don't. Yes, and that's not great. You're but mercurial. Yeah. Yes, and then at the end, it totally destroys her. Yes, no. That yeah. thing where she says, "Do you love me?" and he's like, "Not today." Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, she has that line early on where she says it too, where she's like, "You know, some days you don't mean it, right. but it's fine because it makes the days where you do mean it mean more." Right. And she thinks she's okay with it. Like that's early on when she's still sort of like idealistic she's like okay i got this husband who's not always going to be there for me emotionally but i'm okay with it because the right. days when he's good are, are good right but then he other one starts sleeping with scar joe yeah that's a problem and brings her to dinner yeah. mean yeah he's an asshole yeah that's the other cool. guy yeah there's definitely a mean twin an evil twin and a, and a good twin there yeah. is he's yeah. the punk twin yeah he is he's very punk very punk of him and so you've got olivia wenscombe uh-huh the ScarJo character in yes. the middle here, right. who's uh, the idea of her is she's being used as a pawn by Jackman, mm-hmm. and she rebels, and she's supposed to have this big moment where she's like, you know, asserting herself. But then I feel like that just doesn't. Well, she like knows that. that they're both using her, yeah. right? That's like the they, they basically tell her, yeah. like we're using, like both of them are like we need something from you, right? And. The, the character, I mean, it's just... It's just a weird character to me because everyone else sort of has these sort of fuller... Well, she also, like, she never... Arts. She's supposed to be more desperate than I think they really... You know, when she's sleeping Correct. at the theater and things like that. The idea that she really <laughs> has nothing it else. Wrong. Yeah, you yeah. know? Yeah, there's not a lot of interiority to her and she plays it just like some kind of, like, happy to be here. And I, think <laughs> she's, I think she's genuinely struggling with the accent. I think so, too. I think that's a big part it. of it. I think yeah. that's a big, big part. And it kind part. of fades away by the end. It does. She's barely doing it. Because you kind of feel like Rebecca Hall in this exact same role would have made it into something. It's yeah. still not a very well-written character. It's yeah. mostly a plot function. But you would have bought it being a fully rounded human being who seemingly had their own interests. Whereas with Johansson, you just see her going like, I better not fuck up that next word. You right. Know? And like <laughs> yeah. Andy Serkis has, he's doing a better job with the same way. Yeah. He really is worried about his cat. Yeah. 
Like, I love that. Right. He's like the He's least like, important character in the movie. This cat but, Tesla. but you got the one thing that matters to him. Which is I the may cat. be your dog's body. I may have moved yeah. to Colorado Springs <laughs> to the top of a mountain, but don't kill my cat. Do you have that thing where if you whenever you see Andy Serkis in a live action movie, you wonder how it would look in mocap? <laughs> He just has a weird looking face. He's got a you know? weird face oh, and he also is a big actor. Yeah, so it's like when does. I see him like in something like this where he's like having fun chewing the scenery for a couple scenes, I'm yeah. like, so if he was like a monkey doing this, would it look a little more naturalistic? <laughs> I just like, I always think of King Kong. Yeah. The, yeah. the worm that looks like a penis just eats like eats him. his face. He gets eaten by a penis. I always like what I think whenever I see his and, face. And Peter Jackson was like, like ah. hey, Andy, great news. I'm yeah. going to let you be on camera for this one. <laughs> How do you feel about living penises? <laughs> yes, Six foot eating penises. Eating your head. You ever yes. want to get eaten by one? Uh, what were you going to say, David? It looks all, like all foreskin. That's the weird. Uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> have you, did you see War Apes? Yes. What did you think of War Apes? I thought, I mean, I think he's amazing in it. He's like, that amazing performance in it. I have no incredible. question. I have yeah. no disagreements with you on yes. that. But I just thought I didn't like it. I feel like, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I was it is not, okay. like, as greatly moved by it as many people are. I haven't seen it yet. I love that franchise. I love Planet of the Apes as a larger franchise. Mm. Yeah. I love the new versions. I love the old versions. I, I, really, think it's I liked franchise. Dawn a lot, and this felt like Dawn to me. And mm-hmm. I was, like, not, there wasn't enough new about it, and I was a little, like, It's very lost. biblical. It's very a biblical. Lot of Jesus and Moses oh, in there. Oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> boy is there. It's very uh, funny too. Really funny, crackling. I'm joking. There's like it's like, it's it like a Taruk the first flight. It's it got a dry like, cutting. It has way. like a very tragic comic, uh, relief, comic character. <laughs> relief character. Yeah, yeah, right. Steve Zahn character. Yes. Yeah, where could the, not be more on board. And for it that. is kind of the character where you're He's like, great. he is good. Yeah. He is good. And you're like, oh yeah, right. This is this franchise's version of a comic relief character. I'm so on board. I, mean, I I really didn't like it, and I feel uh, I feel yeah. But you uh, didn't like Dawn either. No, I liked Dawn. You so you like this less than Dawn? Yeah, definitely. Okay, a lot less. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I like the world of Dawn a little better too. This is mm. like the look of this movie is a little well, boring. It to me. just seems a lot more abstract. Mm-hmm. Like you're you're like, where did all the stuff in the world go? Yeah, Dawn has it's a little like in more the wilderness. Stuff, yeah, right? yeah. Anyway, just wanted to get your take. I haven't Happy talked to, to anyone about it. Yes, all apes. Apes thoughts. Apes, apes. Uh, yeah, so Borden is hung by the neck until he is dead. <laughs> we are doing this in such a scattered way. Well, what, yeah. are you, what am I missing here? I feel no, like I, we've done I mean, it. It's a hard movie to talk much, through. It's, it's very hard yeah. to talk through, unless you literally have like a plot synopsis yeah, in front of like you. Yeah, or like a shot-by-shot shot breakdown because right. it jumps all over the place. It does. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, essentially, you know, Jackman's gotten this magical machine, realizes the sacrifice it's going to need to take. Bale is is hung in jail, but only after... That's the other element we forgot. Abra. Is that Jackman, there has been a man who's been Roger offering Reese. money. Reese, yes. Right. Representing another man, yes. Lord Caldwell. Being like, can I have yeah. your secrets, you know, your right. man, your tricks? And he's hoping, he just wants to set up a good life for his daughter. Right. He's hoping he's going to be able to get out of there. Yeah. And reluctantly, he's given up more and more and more. You see Kane dealing with Roger Reese, yep. saying, don't, please don't take this. Don't yeah, take this the machine Tesla machine. Is fucked up. Everything else, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is weird that like before the car came around, this was kind of Tesla's like biggest impact this century. Oh, was this being movie? In the prestige? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like oh, Tesla, the prestige guy. I feel like this is like this is the internet like decided Tesla was cool or yeah. you know no, became like, like an coffee and cigarettes. Thing. I've never oh, yeah. seen Jack White. Yeah. Oh yeah, 
Some, yeah, he gives that kind of monologue. Oh, Here's yeah. If you're a Tesla and you can make a machine that can reproduce anything, mm-hmm. why do you need money from Hugh Jackman? That is. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, here's what you do question. you take a dollar bill, <laughs> yeah. you put it in the machine. <laughs> yep. You don't have to kill anybody. You just get to spend $2. It shows up in the woods. Make a bunch yeah. of hats, go into hat yeah. sales. Yeah. What he's got to do, he's got to place a giant piggy bank in that part of the woods so the money goes straight into the piggy bank. Also, did they not know where the hats were landing? No. That's, no, that's, that's a, my problem. When yeah. he's like, oh, here the hats are. And they're like, oh, I never thought to look yeah, around never, the corner. Like 30 feet yeah. over there where there's a pile of top hats. Yeah. I always thought that was just the famous hat forest. <laughs> Colorado's hats, they grow yeah. on trees. There's some jerks that we throw their hats away over there. You know, there's some things that are... Uh, yeah, impressionist logic. Yes, yes. As, like and those uh, yeah. images, like the image of the hat is the hats is so good. Yep. Like you know, the image of that the the blind assistants, like you know, uh, mm-hmm. they're so cool. The, the know, light bulbs stuff. going into the the ground. the ground. That's incredible. It's so good. That's the other. I mean, so like Nolan at this point wasn't getting Oscar noms except for Fister. Yeah, Fister got a nom for this, and he had gotten one for for Batman, for Batman Begins. Begins as well. Yeah, and he wins for Inception. Right. Right. I feel like. Do you feel like if this movie came out now, it would be an Oscar movie? Possibly, yeah. Right? Not only I because feel like our, our ideas of Oscar movies yeah. have changed a lot. That's the thing. Because I was going to say, not only because Nolan is more famous, but also because, yeah, the Oscars have turned like yeah. in a major way away from like and which a lot of that has to do with Nolan. I mean, we talk about that in our Dark Knight bit. episode, but a lot of it is that there was like such a sort of mental collapse after that movie didn't get nominated, where they were like, more films. What are the kids like? You know? <laughs> is Fister ever going to be a DP again? You know the guy. Or is he just doesn't want to do it anymore? He's a great DP. Yeah. The, the sense I guess he doesn't want to do it anymore. But he's That's one of the best living DPs. Yeah. He's a great DP. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, his last movie is Dark Knight Rises. That's it. Yeah. Like as a DP, I mean. Yeah. And Moneyball before that, which I think is an incredible. Beautiful shot movie. movie. That's what I'm yeah. saying. A it's movie not that's just so, Nolan. could be so uncinematic. No, it's, it's, it's and wonderful. And he does a lot of really interesting stuff in that movie. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Abracadabra, Borden dies. After talking to Angier, that's what you were linking up to. Hugh Jackman reveals himself. Right. And as, and Bale's like, okay, okay, good. Ten comedy points. Great work. Let's cut <laughs> ten it Ten magic points. <laughs> yeah. Great bit. He Come really on. is like, yeah, you got me. Okay. You I thought me. you were dead. All right. I, uh, <laughs> good, good work. What do you want? <laughs> yeah. And he gives him, one assumes, a piece of paper that on which is written, like, is I have a twin brother and we... Cut his fingers off and shit, you know. Like, yeah. And Jackman like rips it up very ostentatiously, yeah. right? Which is also like, why did he write that? Di- I guess maybe just so someone could read it after he died. Yeah, there's that earlier bit too where Jackman captures Fallon and puts him in the coffin and yeah. buries him yeah, alive. Buries him alive. Yeah. And he's like, I didn't talk, and that's when he gives him the Tesla turnkey, which is just a misdirect. He right. sends him on a fucking MacGuffin run that ends up actually working out getting him a cloning machine some bad luck on that guy's part but Bale keeps on saying like I'm gonna get out of here you'll see like that's a great trick I'm gonna prove but it's the same thing Jackman's doing he's willingly walking to his death and the other guy is now his brother's gonna take over his life raise the daughter he knows that a version of him will get to continue living but that guy is knowingly walking yeah yeah unlike Jackman who's like I'm not gonna end up in the tank right yeah but Jackman who is like half dead at this point anyway no, for whatever thing. terrible thing he did to <laughs> like yeah that's have what I love about it have you read the book that this is no. no no the book By, has like a um, much weirder frame you've read the book yes, yes. Okay. yes. It, did you read it's it before it's been a long time since I've read it after? no I read it after mm-hmm. it has this it's like basically set the present day in the framing story and it's like basically like descendants are still sort of oh, weird and, and it has I like more like, verses yeah. so the reading I, the diary stuff is yeah. done present day kind and of? I also yeah. I want to say and it's been a long time since I read this book yeah. but like that Angier like 
becomes a kind of weird immortal, but like fraction of himself at that point because of all of the, uh, he keeps like cloning It's like a copy of a copy of a copy. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. He becomes like a ghost. Yeah, basically. According to this. Yeah. Right. Like, like also, an immortal ghost, but who's also this like sad, like pale look, imitation like in of scoop, himself. Like Ian McShane and Scoop. <laughs> yeah, like Ian McShane and Scoop. Uh, no, I love it. I mean, also, it's Borden's like, really into vaping, which is <laughs> <laughs> another thing I it, another copy pasted brain uh, tale that I love World yeah. of Tomorrow by Don Hertzfeld uh-huh. yeah. which is again you keep copy pasting your brain and like we're being told this story by someone who is so ruined by the experience that right. she's like the seventh version yeah. you're like a little off each time exactly, and it just yeah. like all of those things get exaggerated and Classical I like that multiplicity. idea look at number four because this <laughs> look at number four exactly yeah. yeah that very sensitive performance by Michael Keaton um, <laughs> and uh, hey 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 come on two of his performances are great in that movie <laughs> Yeah. Did you see Spidey? I did. He's, He's really good, good at in it. Spidey. He's really good. Oh, what at a it. surprise! Yeah, I, I went I to see <laughs> what I see. I went to see Big Sick with Romley the other day. All right, you were supposed to see Spidey with Alice. Oh, yeah. I was her. Uh, yeah, right, right, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was uh, forced to continue working. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but I saw I saw Big Sick with my sister Romley, and the trailer for American Assassin came up. Is oh, that what Jesus. it's called? Whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah. Yeah. And she just yeah. turned to me and she went. God, this looks awful. Like this face that Rom will make where she's just like, like she's just like smelled vomit. Yeah, right. Like just utter revulsion. I mean, it does look to awful. To a movie trailer. But she went, God, this looks awful. And I turned to her and I went, yeah, but you know Keaton fucking owns in this. <laughs> and I just have no doubt that like Keaton rules in that movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I guarantee you if you saw American Assassin, you'd be like, this thing's boring. But every time Keaton's on screen, he's good. Like, Dude he's, sizzles. He's really good in, so good in Spider-Man. I'm so excited. Good in Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's a uh, thing. I mean, this is a thing that's been hurting the Marvel Cinematic Universe but is you, that all the best Marvel villains are Spider-Man villains and they haven't had access to them. Well, it's not really an Most interesting... Most of the best ones. The villains have I know it's a different we'll characterization. Yes. I know yeah. they've made it. It's not it really different. a great version of the Vulture, but it's a great Michael Keaton performance. I don't know anything about what the Vulture's supposed to be like, and I just enjoyed him in exactly. this movie. And I enjoyed the way the character was written. Me too. I yeah. really did too. Yeah. Um, He's kind of a Trump voter. Yeah. Oh, like it. I'll yeah. say this, also not having <laughs> seen the movie... Even if, like, all the Spider-Man movies have, uh, other than, I'd say, the first one, mm. have changed the villains a lot. Yeah, yeah. For the benefit of the Definitely. story they're trying to tell. Right. Mm. But I think the thing that helps is, A, the Spider-Man villains are great visually. Like, yep. they have great power yes. sets, they have great iconography, yeah. great names, all that sort of stuff. But also, they're all, like, street-level villains. Yeah. Yep. Which the Marvel Cinematic movies have had to have all these right. other leaders or things right, like right. that. Yeah, you need and to try and destroy the world. It's yeah. good to have some villains that are just trying to, like, steal some shit. Yeah, yeah. well, it's good to have a movie where, right, no one opens a portal in space. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, maybe, but just to get back to your point about the novel, maybe that is kind of what's happened to Angier, because he's so heartless yeah. in this final confrontation with Borden. Yeah, yeah. he know, becomes the villain. Yeah. And like he's just been sapped of his soul by all these. That's also the sacrifice thing. I mean, they keep on talking about you know you want your hands to be clean. You want your hands to be clean, and they're talking about it in reference to the doves most often. Because how you do the dove trick, which everyone seemingly has a dove trick. Yes. Right. You all have your take on the dove trick. Are you willing to kill a dove and get your hands dirty? Right. I always think of Arrested Development, the dove in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that dove do not open and even with that like uh, when Christian Bale I think at one point says like you're, you were the lucky one today right. like like tells you what's going to happen again it's, it's like every line Christian Bale has for the first 45 minutes of this <laughs> yes. movie is so on the nose it's incredible <laughs> yeah and it works yeah we're so living half a life some days I feel uh, like and yeah and you're right if you want to be a great artist you're eventually going to end up with a basement full of dead clones Right in water tanks. Right, it's that's also, the moral of the movie. <laughs> like, like Jackman at the beginning of the movie very much 
doesn't want to get his hands dirty. And he also has a life, right? A life. He has like a home life. I, so much of this movie is about like the conflict between a home life and a professional, yes. like professional dedication. Right. Yeah. Which is uh, uh, in so many, you know, in Inception and in Interstellar, yeah. obviously, like, you know, saying goodbye to your children and like the relationship you have with your children who are not ever characters in these movies. They're always just like little cherubs. Right. It is really interesting that even fucking Dark Knight with uh, what's Rachel. Name? Uh, no, not Rachel. Dent? You know, the Joker. Gordon Richard T. Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Gordon's kids, Gordon's family. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to say, it's really interesting. We haven't talked about this yet, that, like, Nolan's closest and most consistent collaborator is his wife. Yeah. That he makes all these dead wife yeah. movies. He makes these movies about these obsessive guys who sacrifice their family for but something. But his wife is this totally, like, put-together lady who's always right. on set with him. And yeah. they're, like, fucking yeah. great together. Like, by all yeah, accounts, they're, they're, like, a lovely, amazing couple. Sure. And they have an incredible work relationship, an incredible home relationship. And he also is known for like, and this is such a fucking boss move that I think about all the time, uh-huh. but he like doesn't have a cell phone, doesn't have an email address. Right, right. And it's just like, when I'm not working, I'm with my family. Like, mm-hmm. you can't reach me. You know? Yeah. You need me, I'll be there. Here are the hours when I'm available. Here's when I'm on set. Here's my office. Yeah. But like, if I go home, I'm with my family. Which is like, hey, God, imagine having that much power that you can do that and people Somebody's won't, right? mad about the scheduling shots. of his TV show. <laughs> I wanted to see Spider-Man. And I was, they forced me to work my dream job instead. Um, those jerks. Yeah, yeah. Forced me to do the thing I've been begging to do for 28 years. Play a superhero, yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, we've talked about it, but Allison may not know. Christopher Nolan's older brother was a con man who was arrested mm. uh, and has been kept from his children for many years. And this is a powerful emotional thread in a lot of his movies that I feel like nobody talks about. Yes. But um. you have your big confidence man thing. And obviously this movie is about selling yourself. Magicians, the magicians. ultimate confidence man. They really are. Anyway, I don't know. Is there any other prestige stuff? Can we play the box office game already? Uh, let me just go to the bathroom quickly. before. Oh, we play f- the box. <laughs> very quick. Sake. Very quick. It's just number one. Number one. Be very quick. <laughs> David Julian did the score for this, as okay. he did for Memento and Insomnia. Mm. And it's the last time they work together, because then yeah. he becomes Zimmer, you know. Yeah. I but like I, the score in this movie. I do, too. I think David Julian does these nice little synthy scores for him. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I, and, then, and then it's all wong. Wong. Um, trying to think. Lee Smith edited this. Uh, who's, uh, the hello, hello. who's this guy now? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you now? Uh, Was there a third one? Yeah. <laughs> Are you the drunk? Are you the drunk actor? <laughs> uh, maybe. Yes. Uh, oh, it's such a good. Hey, don't so, vomit there. Yeah, I'll vomit wherever I want. <laughs> Gee, I, uh, All right. Terrible. So, so this movie. Oh yes, no! What, what do you want to say? say? The one thing about the drunk actor is that it's basically Hugh Jackman making fun of himself. It is. It's it such is. a perfect way of it, like this kind of hammy, he's a ham. thing. Yeah. No. Anyway, go on. Sorry. You're totally right. No, 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 no. You're totally right. All right. Who am I supposed to be? Griffin or something? <laughs> He's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, okay, box office game. What's going on? Box office <laughs> game, Allison. To explain. Uh, I played is, Caesar. It's easy. I just, I just, we're just, I'm looking at the week this movie opened. I remember it was a week number one. It opened at number one, but a soft number one. Uh, and Griffin's going to try and guess, and we're going to discuss the other movies. Uh, October 20th, 2006. So opened, number one was the prestige, but yes. opened to like 14. 14.8 million. Wow. He's fucking good at this. Uh, yeah, it opened to 14.8. It grossed 53, okay. uh, 109 Decent worldwide. Decent multiplier. October. Yeah. You know, yeah, movies yeah, stick yeah, around. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so number two is uh, a movie that's been out for three weeks and is going to make a lot of money. It's already made a lot of money. It's like a big word of mouth hit. It's a crime movie. 
don't want to say a lot because it'll give it away. 2006. Had it been number one or has it been just trucking around? It's been out for three weeks. That's a good question. Had it ever been number one? Yes, it opened number one. Then it's number two, number two, number two, number two. Yeah. Jeez. And it eventually makes 132 and it wins some awards. Oh, is it departed? Yeah. Okay. It's it's too easy. We already discussed it. It's hard to give it yeah, away. Right, right, right. All right. Number three was the movie I think a lot of people thought was going to win Best Picture or at least challenge for Best Picture this year. It's opening this week. It was a huge bomb. Dream Girls? No. <laughs> no. That opens like Christmas. Yeah, no, and that did really well. Um, uh, it did do really well. People no. thought it was gonna okay. it opens at ten million third at the box office. It's like by a legendary director. It's about a very sort of classic Oscars. Alexander? No. That's 2004. Yep. Okay. Legendary uh, director, classic Oscar theme. Genre, yeah. It's a classic Oscar it genre. Had, it had a sister movie the same year. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, well, yeah. I gave yeah. it away. What am I supposed to right. do? I'm about right. To... The board the into it's Freddy. Allison, what's the movie? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah. Oh. That was the, the, a big bomb. Quite, I didn't know it was that big a bomb. Big bomb. Yeah. Uh, 30, big bomb, 33 movie. million on a $90 million budget. And yet, Letters from Iwo, Iwo Jima is a great movie. It's weird. What more, did Iwo Jima end up grossing? Like nothing. Like $10 yeah. million, But it know? got Best Director yeah, and Best, best Picture no. and all those nominations. And also, no one will ever stop him from making movies. People will just be like, have yeah. money. Take all of this money. That was one of the Sully. coolest moves ever. I know. To be like, I'm gonna he was like, two. I'm making an Iwo Jima movie. And I was like, oh, plenty. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to make another one. I'm going to make one about the Japanese side of it. Yeah. And it'll mm-hmm. be in Japanese. And no. it's only going to have Japanese actors. And everyone was yeah. like, okay. And the studio's like, okay. Yeah. Like, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> For the listeners, like, David is <laughs> putting money on the table. Is skeptically counting out money on the table. Because they were like, well, you made a depressing <laughs> boxing movie and it won Best Picture and right. grossed $100 million. Yeah. Anything's possible. It's, yeah. a, it's a blank check follow-up. But yeah, I mean, Iwo Jima was like viewed as like the big heavy hitter and it came out yeah. and was just like a fart and they were like, Oh, geez. Now they got that Japanese one they got in their hands. And then that came out and everyone loved it. Yeah, yeah it's good. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, oh, boy. Number four. Oh, what to say? I, it's an animated movie. It's an animated uh, movie. It's about animals. It's not Madagascar. No. no Ice it's Age? About, it's about animals. Yes. No. 2006. It's not like, Happy Feet. Do that not remember this movie exists. Uh, I definitely remember yeah, I it no exists. Idea. Yeah, he usually knows the like, right. terrible animated um, movies. It's a Sony... Columbia animated Oh, movie? Open Season? How did you know wow. that? Who are the stars? Uh, Ashton Kutcher, Martin Lawrence. Yes. Deborah Messing plays the Warner Scarf. What is that even about? Never seen it. Never okay. seen it. Can't tell you. I just know the name of the movie, what studio made it in the top three voices. Number actors. five is, <laughs> I, is, is the last and worst entry in the Allison Lohman, age 30, plays a teenager movie genre. Remember how Allison Lohman yeah, they kept the being last like, one. Yeah. you okay, can still be a White teen. Oleander, very slight. Uh, Matchstick Men uses that mm-hmm. okay. as part of its twist. So those are the first two in your trilogy, right? Yep. And then the third one in the Allison Lohman, because this is already- It's a po- remake. Jesus. And it's post-Big Fish. Of like a oh, kid's oh, movie. I know what it is. It's Flicka. Flicka. <laughs> what a weird week. Because at that point, yeah. she's still playing like 18, and she had yeah. done Big Fish where she plays like- Young, uh, yeah, Jessica young Jessica Lang and Lange. is like a mother and a wife and an adult. And then she makes that um, Adam McGoya movie where the truth lies. It's like her trying to like jump to being like, I am right. a grown up, damn it. Right, where Colin Firth and Kevin Blake can play like Martin and Lewis. And yeah. they have and they a have freeway a with her. Yeah, not with her. Or no, with, uh, no, they Rachel have Blanchard. With, right, yeah. right, yeah. 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 Cher right. on the Clueless TV show. Yeah. 
That movie's weird. It's really weird. And then weird. Alison Lohman stop make, stops making movies. All right. Uh, she married yeah. one of those two. Well, she was either, Drag Me to Hell as well. It's around that. That's her like last yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. She that married either movie. Neville Dean or it's Taylor. Really? Did she? Yeah. Who knew? I knew because I was what like, happened what happened to them? Remember when they, they were the next? Yeah. They, they made Ghost Rider made... 2 yeah. and then yeah. they split up. Yeah. Ghost Rider 2 so it's bad. It's never been the same. The only acting she's done Neville since. Neville Dean. She married Neville Dean mm-hmm. and the only acting she's done since Drag Me to Hell is bit parts in Neville Dean movies. Oh, that's so sad. She's yep. done like the Vatican one-seeners. tapes. Yeah. yeah. And Officer Down. Yep. She's a good actress. I, I'd love to see her come back. Uh, so it's really hot in here, so we're going to wrap up. But sure. uh, some other movies that uh, The Grudge 2, uh, The American Grudge 2 sure. is in there. Man of the Year. That was a big flop. Man of the Year was a big is flop. Is that the Robin Williams one? Right, which was yeah, sold yeah. as what if Robin what Williams if- became president. And that movie's actually a thriller about vote rigging. Do yes. you know that? Yeah, <laughs> no. it's a fucking weird. Isn't it a that. Barry Levinson movie? It's a Barry Levinson movie, yeah. and they sold it as it was like whenever. It was like what if John Stewart was the president? Because everyone was saying yeah. that at yeah. the time. Right, right. Like, oh, what, what, this guy should be in the office. Uh, so the movie was sold as like Robin Williams wearing the powdered wig yeah, and just yeah, like yeah. making bits and whatever. The movie is 50% Laura Linney playing a, a, an FBI agent who's investigating voter fraud. And it turns out there was like, right. that movie might actually be very relevant now. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Uh, Marie Antoinette opened that week. Wow. Relevant as the beguiled is crushing at the box office yeah. right now. Yeah. Which is actually kind of crazy. I know. It just but, crossed $200 million. <laughs> It's just, but you know, yeah. the beguiled is short. It's watchable. And it's got an ending. Like, so you know what? People probably walk out it of it. Also, they're like, I had a like, good time. I think it also has a poster that promises like sexiness. Yes. Good marketing like, campaign. Yeah, yeah. Boy, they're getting away movie. with some of the like Spring Breakers thing of being yeah, yeah. like, look, this movie's like fucking shit up. Yeah, and then you're like, no, <laughs> no, no, it's artsy, like, it's artsy, it's artsy. <laughs> Sophia Coppola doesn't know what a sexy thing is. Yeah, I mean, right. I like her, yeah. okay. And I like the movie uh, because it has Colin like, Farrell in it. all of the like hashtag vengeful bitches. And you're like, that is not representative some Spring Breakers shit. Yeah. I mean, I saw it's all Spring Breakers in what studio is it Sony Pictures Focus? Classics? Yeah, I think it's Focus. Focus. You're right, yeah. Uh, but it feels like a very A24 campaign. Yeah. Um, I saw Spring Breakers in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm. I was like filming something there, and it was the weekend it went wide, and I saw it in a theater with just Georgian teenagers, <laughs> and it was like incredible because it was just everyone being like, "This is fucking stupid." Oh, right? Yeah. And that movie just, is definitely not. But right, me just right. sitting with my arms crossed, <laughs> just going. <laughs> uh, the Marine, John Cena's first attempt. Oh right. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning. John Cena's a weird career because we they got. really tried to push a couple John Cena vehicles, and none of them connected. Yeah. And then he like now he's like a comedy now guy. A though. Comedy there were like guy. five years in between where he wasn't doing movies and yeah. that was comedy he's had, he he had a wrestling and rap career yeah the, and he's the he's voice rapper? of Ferdinand I think the he Bull. does have like really? a rap album I want to say no I know Amy Nicholson who we just had on the show is one of the biggest John Die Cena hard. stands I know I think he's really funny I was about to say like, do I you stare I think he's funny too yeah. I think he's, he's he knows what he is and he's like good at using hey, look, his that's sort the key of to presence. being a good movie star is, yeah. is awareness you know <sighs> a sense of how you play all right so we're done. Allison, thanks so much Thank for being here. Thank you so much for show. being here. That's good. I've uh, only so sweat, sweat out half of my body weight. Yeah, perfect. That's good. Uh, people, people should follow you on Twitter. People should listen to Film Spotting SVU. You people work on BuzzFeed. The press, read BuzzFeed. What else? That's you it. That's all I got. Yeah. No. Don't friend me on Facebook. I'm just leaving that hellhole behind. Oh, Jesus. Nice. Of course <laughs> nice. <not>. Cool. <laughs> it's literally just like my aunt at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's just like a my whole feed. All the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of hot takes though. I don't know. I mean, Facebook. Is, My aunt's got some hot takes. You're not wrong. <laughs> She's a hot taker. Uh, yeah, Presty. So next week is Dark Knight, probably. 
Uh, correct. Or that we're going to have the DCM show drop somewhere in there. So maybe I can't remember. Let's say that. I mean, we've publicized it on social yeah, media, Peter but Sarah I think Fanowitz. it maybe will happen after that. We're do, yeah. We did an episode with Peter Serafinowicz, my co-star on The Tick. Yep. That was a flashback to our Star Wars days. It's talking Maul. Talking 45 Maul. minutes just talking about the process yeah, of playing it's, it's just, Darth Maul's voice for four lines in a movie. Just great. <laughs> Just a great. It's great. Um, it's a great episode. Everyone's gonna love it. And then after that, yeah, Dark Knight, and then Inception, and yeah, we're we're trundling along. Yeah, we're trundling. We're definitely trundling. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. Wrap it up. Uh, Allison, thank you for being here. Uh, please, listeners, remember to rate, review, subscribe. Go to our Reddit for some dorky shit. Yeah. Uh, big thanks to Ange Fergudo for running our social media account. Joe Bowen and Patrick Reynolds for doing our artwork. Lane Montgomery for the theme song. Yeah. And as always, David, David, I was I was three person people the whole time. You were three person the whole I time. I was three person because, but there's me. Ben, are you hearing this? There's the twin brother and then the drunk. I don't know oh. if you caught it because it was very subtle. Very subtle. Wait, oh, so that was like a bit. This is me right now. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. Hi, this is me, the twin brother. Oh. <laughs> you might notice my face is five pounds heavier. Right. Yeah. Of course. And you have a septum piercing. You're a punk. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And then hello, it's me. <laughs> <laughs>